Back in the studio last Tuesday, we had that special edition of the uh, Bible Guys for four hours, which, by the way, went absolutely fantastic. People Great. loved it. They enjoyed it. Had a huge amount of, of uh, viewers of it. And uh, we have, we appreciate it uh, that you're back here with us today for the, uh, the Power Panel. We got a lot of things to talk about today. Wayne Beach showed up. I don't even ask him how he got in. <laughs> I just, I just, I just. I let here, him in. No. Oh, did you let him in? No, no. Okay, I'm just saying, here's what. We, we, we did walk key. in together. We were at Trump's rally last Thursday. We're sitting there, and we get a text. I'm blah, 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 and so we're watching for him so that we can let him in. And I turn, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I look up, and there he is. I'm like, how'd you get in here? I got my wife. <laughs> he had passed all the security without any problem whatsoever. Brought me a cup of coffee. That's why he came. He flashed his badge at him. Mm-hmm. Huh? And he brought me a cup of coffee, which was really nice he of him to, to do that. He just had to say that, that I'm bringing Dave a cup of coffee. That and was they it. Just I let guess. him in. That's all he had that's, to do. That's part of the secret. <laughs> yeah. Says, so, can you open that gate for me? <laughs> yeah, let him in. It was funny. He had both hands. Had coffee. I need you to open the gate there. I need to get in there. Okay. They don't. They don't pay any attention. Hot, hot coffee. Yeah. By the That's way, a, Wayne, let me let me tell you a story about what happened in Dallas on Wednesday. We show up. I've got two rooms that uh, that we're going to stay in at a place called the Apple Theory. That was the name of it, the Apple Theory. I never heard of it before. Didn't know who they were. Uh, I do all of my booking of rooms through Hotels.com, and uh, this is the place they told me was available, and it was. And it was, if it had been where it said it was, it was very close to... And cheap. The, yeah, the American Airlines Center. <laughs> yeah, it was only $80 a night. Mm. And so I'm all excited about it. And we get down into the middle of Dallas where it's supposed to be at on... Where was it? On Was it Commerce that it was on? Commerce Street, somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, it was on Commerce, around Commerce and Maine. I mean, down in the dead center of the city... About three blocks away from the American Airlines Center, and we're we're looking for this place, and we keep driving around the block. We can't find it, so we finally call Hotels dot com because we've been trying to call the Apple uh, Theory, and uh, guess what? They're not answering their phone. It goes directly to voicemail, hmm. and we can't get to them. And we call Hotels dot com. They say, hold on. I think it was at this point it was uh, it was Zach who called them, and and they told Zach they'll be in touch with you in a moment. So they got through to him because they called us. Okay, now the story. I wish I had the music to the Twilight Zone because <laughs> it kind of it's that kind of a story. <laughs> anyway, I'm looking for this place. I said we can't find you. Well, you have to go through the mercantile building 
Was that what that was a ghost? Or there was another building. Element. Or the element. Two different entrances. Yeah. Same building. And I said, well, I said, uh, where's the desk so we can check in? We don't have a desk. <laughs> Quiet on my end. Hmm. You don't have a desk. No, we don't have a desk. Well, how do I get my keys? Mm. Well, here's all you got to do. You go to the Seven <laughs> Eleven on Elm Street. Are you serious? On yes. Elm Street, <laughs> and we have a drop box yes. oh, wow. in the back of Seven Eleven, and yes. your keys are there. You got to enter in your phone number <laughs> and this other code, and it'd give you the keys. Yep. Wow! So, let me just say that the Seven Eleven was right next to the uh, the Greyhound, the Greyhound station. Oh yeah, that's always a good place. <laughs> See, yeah. you know. Hey, I've rode a Greyhound know. bus before. Okay. That's always the Not hood. the best part That's of the city. That's where a lot of the so, homeless people hmm. hang out. So when you're in the worst part of the city, what do you do? You send Zach in, not you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I said, Zach, I'm going to drive around the block. You run in, get the keys, come on out. I drive around the block once. I drive around the box twice. You left him there? Yeah, inside the Seven <laughs> Eleven, and I'm walking around, and like, he's you know, walking around looking, and he's he's getting kind of it was kind of shady in there, wasn't it? It was definitely shady. You, know, you got these <laughs> like you know, RD brings up homeless people, you know, start walking into the Seven Eleven, <laughs> sure, and you got other people scoping out the place. I'm like, you know what? I don't think I need to really be in here. I'm going to take a walk right back outside. You know, he it's probably serious. Does some good business offers. You know, there. it's serious when they have. Two police officers yep. inside their store. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! So he went up and talked to the police and, and asking them about the drop. There is no drop box. Oh boy! All right. So I call these people back. <laughs> there is no drop box. Well, yes, there is. No, there's not. We have been there. Are you sure you were at the right Seven Eleven? I said, I know we were at because you know right. what's in the back. Seven ATM machine. Yeah, that's what's in the back. That's right. There's nothing. There. Somebody stole our lockbox. So it gets really <laughs> quiet at the other end. I said, tell you what, forget about it. And so we ended up getting on the phone and getting a hold of a quality inn about uh, 10, min- 10 minutes away uh, off of the expressway. In fact, here's what's kind of creepy. Same exact area of town where that tornado went through mm-hmm. the other night was wow. where we were staying at. Here's what they had on that side of town. They had motels and strip clubs. Oh. That's, that's all. There were five strip clubs in that one area and a Denny's. You just want to say that. I, I had to. You just want to say I that. I had to say What was that one name? Something. Spearmint and something. I don't know. Boom, boom, room. Was I this, flew in. What was it? Spearmint room? Was that what it was? I totally forgot. Yeah, I think it was Spearman Room. He's pleading the field. But it's kind of off, <laughs> just off the runway for Love Field. That's where yeah, we were I landed at. at Love Field several times. It's not bad. It was, you know, yeah. the, the place was nice. We liked it, except the elevator didn't work. And so yeah. Zach had to walk up four flights of steps every time he brought the equipment in and out. So you figured out like that, that wasn't Kansas. So here's Listen what happened. I called Hotels.com when I got home. I give them the whole story. And I wasn't happy. They told me they were going to give me my money back for the rooms, mm-hmm. which I got because they already charged that of me. So that was $280 I got back. Mm-hmm. Then they said the incidentals, which is another $250, they were giving me a um, 
guest certificate to use the next time that I use Hotels.com, and I can pay for whatever room that I want to get wherever I'm going. And I said, okay, that's fine. That's as good as having cash. And then the last thing says, I go, I'm not going to accept any of this unless you take the Apple theory off your website. Because I have to go back and look at it. Jan went back and looked at it. It's a scam. Zach went back. It's a scam. It has nothing but. You can't give less than one star, okay? <laughs> so they got one star, and every one of them says somewhere in it, this is a scam. Because there's one it's supposed to be one in Houston. Yeah. It's supposed to be one in Denver, Colorado as yeah. well. Wow. I mean, just, so anyway. Right behind they, the 7 They have promised, yeah. They've <laughs> promised me that they're going to take it off. And if they haven't, when I call them, I'll be calling them on Monday again if it's not off of there. Because, see, I know Bob Diener. Bob Diener has been a guest on my show for over almost two decades now. He's the guy who started Hotels.com. Oh, wow. He sold it for over a billion dollars and started a new one called GetAroom.com. Oh. All right? And so I'll just call him and say, well, I'll use, I'm going to use that uh, certificate you got. And then after that, then I'm using GetAroom.com from now on. So that's what I did. Here's Jan. Jan has made her way into the studio. She's with us now. So the bottom line is uh, we got our money back on all of that. We got, uh, we had a decent room to sleep in. Didn't have to sleep in your car. We went, yeah, didn't have to do that. Went to the the rally on uh, Thursday. And before you run away there, Wayne, come on over here so that you're you're on here for this little part of the segment. I'm going to put you in the other chair over here. Come over here and sit down. So everybody can sit yeah, see it. R.D., Wayne, Paul, and that's Jan. Okay, she's, she made it in. Uh, let him use your microphone just for a second there, Paul. Tell everybody your takeaways from the president's rally on last Thursday. I'll tell you, this was probably the most exciting Big event, biggest street party I've ever seen in my life. That didn't include what was inside the arena. But you're talking about a street party that you'll remember the rest of your life. If you ever get a chance to go to a Trump rally, spend the time, take off from work, go to one. It's worth it. Okay. Yeah, people people are fired up. I flew to Minneapolis uh, not long ago, and I saw two bumper stickers that said "Gun Owners for Trump" while I was driving in Minneapolis. So, it's not only in Dallas. I think it's a a phenomenon in the North and the South. And you might even see a, someone putting up a sign that says that he identifies with a peach, like I'm a peach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was some guy behind us. We couldn't see him because we were in a tent. Up about nine stories above the the street. And had a, a sign that said, I'm a peach. It really said, it said, impeach. All right. It's a joke. It's a joke. And I fell for it when Wayne came and said, there's a guy back there with a sign that says, I'm a peach. Wayne wasn't joking. That's the scary part. He really thought it said, I, I'm a peach. And then and then when we were laughing at him, he figured out, oh, wait, maybe it said something else. What now, Zach? What are you going to say? I'm just shaking my head. Because he was telling me about it before he was going to go on the air and talk to you about it and say, I'm a peach. Okay. Know, anyway, that's why, Wayne, 
Everybody wasn't saying Trump. They were saying jump to the guy. <laughs> it wasn't Trump, Trump, Trump. It was jump, jump, jump. 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 That's what they were doing. It was, it was a great time. I can't think of the guy's name now. Elizabeth, if you're listening, send me a text real quick. What is the guy's name that does all the data for the president? You told me about this guy yesterday. In fact, well, let me look. Hold on. I can find it. Where's Seth? I said Seth. Okay. Guy's name is Brad Horskow. And he does all of the data. Keeps up with how many people are here and how many people are there, how many registered voters and all of that. Jan, there were 54,758 registered voters at the Trump rally. And guess what else? 20, what? 20% of them were registered Democrats. Democrats. I know. I saw that. Wow. That was that was amazing. I, you know, but I keep telling people, and I told people the last time he ran, because we did see in the end that we transformed blue states into red states. I think you're going to see even a larger margin in that transformation this time around, regardless of what the polls say. I mean, if you watch the news, I was watching the news and I'm sitting there listening to them and they're saying the polls are showing that anyone. Now, listen to this. I heard this actually on Fox News today. That The latest polls were showing any single Democrat that's on that debate stage is actually polling ahead of the president right now on favorability. It's that is an BS. absolute lie. It is. I mean, everybody knows. All you have to do is look at all the thousands and thousands of people that show up at his rallies, regardless of where he holds his rallies. Look at yeah. all the people that show up. Okay, well, we got to take a break. When we come back, you can go get coffee now, Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to play from Morning Joe. Mm-hmm. They gave half of a story. What a big surprise. They only gave half of a story this morning. And I'm going to tell you the rest of the story after I play what they had to say this morning. We'll do that when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. It is the Power Panel today here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's always good to have friends in the studio. Artie Hopper is here. You know him. He takes care of your car for you, don't you, Artie? That's right. Over at Sonny's. Mr. Sonny. He does a good job. He's yeah. done a good job on my car. I got a new in, I got a new engine, an OEM engine. I've got an OEM transmission in my Acadia. It runs like a top. Recycled OEM parts. I like it. I always said I'll go green when it saves me green, and it does that. The best. He has done we, that. We are recycling at its highest form. What did we figure out that you'd saved me almost six thousand dollars? Yeah, on the two cars. On the yeah, on Impressive. two cars. Yeah. Impressive. All right, Wayne Beach is here. He's kind of in the background there. He's the guy with the green shirt. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne is one. He is a conservative activist. That's what he is, and he uh, he works. Uh, I, he works hard. You'll see him at all kinds of Republican yeah. functions. Yeah, he's he's one of the guys that hangs out at the Capitol quite a bit too. Yep, he's there. Yeah, of course, talking right there, Paul Calvert, another conservative activist but an independent uh owner of uh, rental properties in conway Mm -hmm. fighting the city right now jan is here independent businesswoman that she is an activist and she's part of the show and then you got me all right we're i'm looking at what's the time 
Okay, 225. So I got time to do this real quickly. Morning Joe today started talking about, just listen in here. You hear him say half of the voters in the six battleground states, and they're talking about Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Nevada, and a few and two others. I think New Mexico and one other. Uh, half of the voters in those six battleground states support the Democrats' impeachment inquiry. Here is this, this segment for you. I'll play it, and then I'll tell you what else they didn't tell you. This question of impeachment, moderate voters in those big, important states. Well, a majority of them believe there's something to look into here. Yeah, and I'll tell you, something else to always remember, Mika, is that we always have to remember is that when a pollster calls up and says, do you support the president? Do you not support the president? A lot of people in the tribes, they go to their corner yeah. and don't always say exactly what they what they think. So yeah. just like people used to be ashamed to admit they support Donald Trump. In fact, it, it, nobody would admit to us whenever right. we went around and, and gave talks. Nobody would admit that they were voting for Donald Trump. And at one point, I just started saying, you're all lying because <laughs> you're all voting for him. Stop lying. And then they'd laugh and go, yeah, we are. Well, now, as Donald Trump exits uh, stage uh, left, uh, I suspect that we will see the same thing where people will be reluctant to admit publicly that they can't put up with him anymore. But I had the funniest conversation with a guy in Florida about a month ago, and uh, he knew I was on TV but didn't watch the show that much because he always got up early golfing. And he goes, weren't you a Republican congressman? I go, yeah, yeah, I was. And I had no idea that, that uh, you know, I, I'm a conservative, but I have problems with Donald Trump. He goes... What are we going to do with that guy? I, I can't stand the Democrats. I can't stand Hillary. I can't stand Elizabeth Warren. I can't vote for any of those people. But, man, he's out of control. We need Mike Pence in the White House. He's, and he went on and on and on. And I felt, Willie, you'll remember this. I felt like I was Eddie Murphy in that scene where uh, everybody thought he was white. And he went behind the scenes to see what oh, yeah. happened uh, when he went around. And suddenly he found out that bankers gave white people money and didn't make them sign loans or anything like that it was a peek behind the curtain so it may say say 92 percent there in is supporting you know donald trump and not wanting the impeachment inquiry but mika it's it's actually the fear and loathing is rising and that is something that republican members of the hill are picking up on all right 50 percent support the democrats impeachment inquiry they didn't give you the whole story, though. 63%. The inquiry. Do you want the president impeached? 63% said absolutely not. They didn't talk about that. This guy, this guy. It's called lying about, by omission. Yeah, this the media guy talking does that a lot. One, this guy talking one person in Florida on a golf course, for God's sake. And he is extrapolating out to every Republican across the country. It's the most inane crap I've ever heard in my life. And, well, Mika believes it because she's so stupid. She's as stupid as a, as, a, as a group of rocks. And so is, what's his name? Scarborough. He used to be a Republican, by the way. Well, you know what? But what? Can we really, are we really going to call them stupid? 
Yes. Or is it stupid I or corrupt? Stupid evil. or corrupt? <laughs> yeah, which, which one is it? No, no, they're actually very smart because we have politicians in Arkansas that do the same thing. It's called lying by omission, and they know they can pass it over. They can pass on wrong information to voters by not telling the whole story. Called obfuscation. Yeah, it's it's called it's called telling the the people of this state that, that we've cut over a hundred million dollars in taxes, but not telling them we've raised taxes by over a hundred you know eighty well, well, million or well, two hundred million or whatever. Well, revenue continues. To well, climb. revenue continues to climb and spending continues. It's called lying by omission. All right. We got to take a break. Sorry. Jan was just getting going there. We'll be right back. News is next. All right. We're back with you. Jan Morgan mm-hmm. is the closest to the camera. Yes. Hello, everybody. She's the only female, Thanks for joining us. She's the only female that is part of this panel. Mm-hmm. You're not. A, you're not really a male identifying as a female right? no i'm definitely female but okay. female since i was in the womb and i will always i will die i just female. was checking I, yes no it's never can be you, you want to know whether or not we should arm wrestle yeah paul paul calvert is i can outshoot right i can outshoot everyone in this yes, room he, yes she can but yes definitely female and i'm looking over at wayne he is here and when we got down at the very end that's rd hopper all right so the president sends out a tweet today about they got a lynching going on in Congress, right? Democrats got a lynching now. Political lynching. Well, that's what he referred I, to. He referred to what they were doing as a I lynching. understand what he's saying, all right? Mm-hmm. I understand exactly what he's saying. But here's how the the crazies on the left took it. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite crazies is Representative Green, who looks like a Geico caveman, all right? he is He's the congressman down in uh, Houston. And here's what he had to say. Cut number three. Arise today with a heavy heart and tears welling in my eyes. I rise. I rise because how dare the president compare lynching to impeachment? How dare he do this? Does he not know the history? of lynching in this country? Does he not know that thousands of African-Americans were lynched, mob violence? Does he not know that this is the equivalent of murder? How dare the president compare Article 2, Section 4 of the Constitution, a lawful constitutional process to mob violence and lynching? Mr. President, Do you not understand the history that you are encroaching upon? If you continue to weaponize racism and bigotry, this makes you no better than those who were screaming blood and soil. Jews would not replace us. It makes you no better than them. It makes you no better than those who burn crosses. It makes you no better than those who wear hoods and white robes. Do you not understand what you're doing to this country? And more importantly, do we, the members of this Congress, not understand how he is denigrating and berating decency in this country? At some point, we must say enough is enough. At some point, we must move on to impeach. Mr. President, I beg 
that you would reconsider your thoughts. But for fear that you may not, I will say more on this tonight because I've been promised 30 minutes. And I will use these 30 minutes to talk about what you have done and to also talk about what I may do to continue this impeachment movement. You are unfit to hold this office. That's... Uh, is this the same guy? Where do I start? Is, is, this this start? The, is this the same guy that thought Guam was going to flip over? No, this is the did. same guy who said we must impeach Trump because he might be reelected. He just called what they were doing, this whole impeachment process, as a lawful process. Though That is a key word there, lawful. Because the way they are handling it, the way the Democrats are handling it, is not lawful. It's not in accordance with any other process for impeachment that we have ever had in this country. In fact, Republicans can't even get... The transcripts. They can't see anything. You can't see anything. It's in hot. Westerman not, that's not a has talked process. about that. Yes, Congressman Westerman yes, he has, has said he's tried to see things and they won't let him see them. Secondly, I think I'm going to send in a private nomination for Academy Awards, really. Wasn't that pretty that good? That was a pretty good acting job. <laughs> yeah, pretty I good. it's pretty good to get President worked Trump, up over nothing. President Trump was not comparing it to what he's going through. As is what African Americans went through. He was he was talking about a process, the the process and the way the Democrats have treated him and why? Because even nineteen minutes, folks, nineteen minutes after he was inaugurated and sworn in as president of the United States, the Washington the Washington Post, Post said, "quote." The campaign to impeach impeach President Trump begins now. Yep, that's what he's talking about. A, a, a lynching is a, an unfair and an, a, a horrible uh, process. And that is what President Trump was referring to, is that the way that this has been a, a mob lynch type mentality that the Democrats have had toward him. Yeah, not it's, what's it's, happening. It's a figure of speech. He's not, he's not claiming that no, someone's trying not. to put a rope around his neck and, and literally lynch him. But the political lynching is not a, it's not a bad analogy. No, to, to, and we'll I talk more about analogy. that in just a second. I got Jim Jordan. For you that we'll hear from. I got Lindsey Graham. We'll hear from him as well. And then I've got Mark out in Oregon, and we'll hear from him. Hi, Mark. Uh, yeah. Hey, how you doing, guys? Um, yeah, we're talking about um, this lynching. Well, how about we turn a feather of uh, the whole entire Congress, start, starting Nancy Pelosi. They want to do a lynching. We'll turn a feather of Nancy Pelosi. Just keep it up. And we'll give that to also to um, that uh, Shifty Shift guy, too, as well. Let's get Shifty Shift turn a feather, too, as well. Put him in there with, with uh, um, why not with, Throw, throw in Chuck Schumer with 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 that too as well. You know, do it. Uh, um, we'll throw in uh, Andrew Costello, India Cortez. Cortez. We'll throw her. We'll throw her. Throw her. Give her. Give her a Tom Feather too as well. They want to do a lynching. Well, let's Tom Feather him. I don't care. Let's do it. You know, I mean, I don't. You know, they want they want to bring racism back to this country. I'll Tom Feather him because they are the Ku Klux Klan. Because remember, the Democrats. Down to the Coast Guard Klan anyway. The, the Democratic Party was the one that started the the, the Ku Klux Klan anyway against against slaverism. Remember that they were against. They wanted slavery. They wanted to have slavery. They wanted to divide this country. Then they wanted to divide this country again. Well. Jim Tarn Feather, then. They deserve it, and that's what they get. Thank you. All right, Mark. So, so, like, you sound a little like Samuel Adams so, there, so buddy. <laughs> if they're going to impeach them, let me just, if they're going to tar and feather them, I, I just have one small suggestion. We need to be culturally sensitive to these people, so at least use organic tar 
and and pastured and, and, and pasture raised feathers. Yeah, I'll, I'll wanna, throw I, in. I mean, they keep saying tar and feathered. I want to ride them out on a rail. Eric Keyes <laughs> hey, on Facebook me. says impeachment behind closed doors is not impeachment. It is a biased lynch mob. Stay right there. I got more about that that we're going to talk about. Go ahead, Artie. I was just going to say, give them more rope. These people are showing <laughs> how ignorant they are by not re- not citing facts and figures or where their numbers or anything comes from. They're ranting and raving. They can't put together a sentence in Rabbit public. Dogs. So, uh, hey, just give them more rope. Donald Trump's just sitting back saying, hey, just I can say one word and it'll make you look crazier all the time. Let's stay right here in Little Rock. <laughs> Go talk to Larry. Larry, how you doing today? Good morning, guys. Or good, good afternoon, I guess. It's always morning with me. There you hey, go. Uh, I heard something uh, earlier today, and, uh, and and from what I understand, it came from someone who's real smart about history and knows what they're talking about. So I will repeat what I heard to the best of, of my ability. Okay. Back, back uh, the, the KKK was started by the Democrat Party. Yes, it was. Um, not They say there were like 13,000 uh, blacks lynched, but there was also um, like several thousand whites who were Republicans were also lynched. So this isn't just lynching of black people. It was also whites, and it was the Republican Party people getting lynched back back um, during that time. Um, the Democrats are continuing to lynch everybody. It's the same thing, just at different organizations or different people. And apparently now it's at white Republicans, it seems to be. So the, 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 uh, I wish I was better about explaining it, but the, but the process that they did back then is basically the same process has been used all these years uh, to to take out whoever they don't like, and that that that's what this lynching bid is about. So, like you guys are saying, this was a figure of speech. I mean, I feel like I'm being lynched also. So, uh, that's that was the history. Is it wasn't just blacks being lynched? It was also many whites uh, that were Republicans back then. There's a wonderful, incredible movie out called, I want, I want to say it's called the state of Jones. Yeah. And if you have not seen this movie, it's fantastic. It's historical. And, uh, it's something that, that should be watched by everybody. And, yep. uh, That's maybe about some a of county this in Mississippi. Out. We appreciate yes. your call, Larry. Thank you very much. Let me play another piece of audio before we get to our break. This is Senator Lindsey Graham. Here's what he talked about when somebody was asking him about what the president said about lynching. Cut number two. It's necessary to empower the Republican minority in the House to confront accusations against the president. A vote of inquiry allows the president to confront his accuser and to call witnesses on his behalf. Until that is done, this is a joke, this is a sham, and this is a political lynching. There you go. More in a moment. Good for you. Yeah, 12 minutes, uh, 501-823-0965, wherever you're listening or watching. That's how you get in touch with the station. Willie knows that. He's down in Benton. Hi, Willie. How are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Thanks, Dave. 
have, have the Democrats forgotten about one of their ex-leaders who was a member of a certain group? And he was from the state of West Virginia. Oh yeah, of course they've forgotten about him. He was a he was a what a wizard or something. That, that was the guy whose name rhymed with turd. Yeah, bird. <laughs> that's who. And they got still got all kinds of uh, buildings in West Virginia named after uh, former Senator Bird. Don't well, matter that wizard, he was the huh? grand wizard. Yeah, of the Ku Klux Klan. Well, well, and you know. And something a lot of people don't know, <coughs> after the blacks, you know who the Klan hates the most? Catholics. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, no. because you answer to the Pope. Oh. So you're not a real, you're not a real American. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have any room for the Klan. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I None I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah, it's surprising. Well, you know, historically, the Republican Party has always been uh, there and more has done more for African Americans and all minorities than the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is where the Klan originated. I mean, that's they were the force behind. Right. But, but let me that, tell you something else. A little bit more history here, mm-hmm. Paul, then you can jump in yeah. here. Everybody, I won't say everybody, it's too broad of a brush, but a, a great majority of African Americans venerate Lyndon Baines Johnson mm-hmm. because of the civil rights legislation in 63. Do your history. Go back before then, when at the time the President of the United States was Eisenhower, and he was trying to integrate the military, and he was trying to bring about integration in American society. And who stopped him? A guy by the name of Senator Lyndon Baines Johnson. And Lyndon Baines Johnson got his uh, legislation passed not because of the Democrats, but because of the Republicans. That's the reason we have civil rights legislation today. It's because of Republicans. Do your history homework. All right, Paul. So, you know, so the Klan probably lynched a few thousand innocent black people. And the Democrats today... I have no idea how many Jews they hung. I have have no idea. But, and then today the Democrats will... Mormons will condemn mm-hmm. most of the Democrats. They will, will will condemn the actions of the Klan. Although it wasn't very many years ago, we still had a a, a sitting was it a congressman or a senator Bird? Senator Bird was there. Senator Bird that that was a former member of the Klan. But today, the Democrat Party is supporting a group that kills far more people. Yeah, abortion doctors. Yes, yes. The, the, Planned, the Parenthood. Planned Parenthood kills so many more people than the Klan could have ever. Hope to have killed in their wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. So many more black people are killed by Planned Parenthood th- than the Klan could have ever dreamed of. It, it's it's mind numbing. You know, the uh, in New York City, there are more black abortions than live than births. live black births. Wow, that's how, how much more disgusting. So, so which is more wicked for someone to come along and murder innocent people? Or for them to come along and convince them to kill their own children. Which is more depraved? I mean, seriously. Yeah. We've taught we've shown movies about that, Paul. You know. I, I mean, it, it's 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 awful 
how, it's it, it's one thing for someone to come along and kill me, but if they can be so sub, subversive that they can actually convince me to kill my own children. Your prodigy. That's, yeah. that's terrible. That is awful. I agree. Tony's in North Little Rock. Tony, how are you? I am doing fine, and th- thank you for ta- taking um, uh, You're welcome. Uh, Go ahead. My call. <laughs> and, 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 and also, uh, uh, um, hello, Jan. Hello. Um, how are you? We are doing fine. Uh, I have some friends and, and relatives that just hate Trump, and and I and I I keep toting what he's done for the country, and all all of this, all that doesn't they, matter. They are, uh, yeah, and 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 I just wanted to know, well, how can they be so blind? I mean, he does all these great things for for us, but but they are just so filled with hate and such so losers. About the 2016 uh, 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 election, it's just crazy. Yeah, well, Tony, here's the reason. It's very simple. They're not him. <laughs> it's that simple. I, I mean, it's I not hard believe, to figure out. I do believe, though, that more African Americans are moving over to Trump. I saw them at the rally in Dallas. Well, there were a lot of them there. I talked to a lot of them in Dallas. Talked to, put them on live TV when I was going through the crowd, and they said, and then I, I've seen people come into my gun range, African Americans, and they're talking about how they have moved over because of Trump, because more African Americans have jobs now, because of what he has done for the economy. That's good for everybody. Yep. And I hope that one day we can get out of this whole mentality of dividing people up into groups, and that's how we vote politically. You know, it. I want a president who's going to look out for the interest of Americans at large, not specific Americans. And what President Trump has done with this economy helps everyone, regardless of the color of your skin. And Democrats have just become mind-numbingly stupid in the last few years. How can they, how can we not have just droves of people coming across and 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 showing a little bit more sense? Because for crying out loud, they're they're. They're embracing mental illness. They're, they're embracing. Um, yeah. They're they're embracing people declaring, "Oh, I'm a female today." Well, that's it's insane. <laughs> hey, you know, don't think this about the money. The way Democrats have set up the insurance system in this country, and the way they've set up the banking system in this country, has given the deep state the power to control insurance, the power to control banking, and basically the power to control everything. So the deep state is in charge with who gets contracts, who doesn't get contracts, and who has power, and who doesn't have power. And to some and, extent, who's allowed and to you've make got a living? Two parties, you've got two parties fighting over that power. They both want the power, and they will sling any kind of mud they can to make the other one look bad. All right. So, Congressman Jim Jordan had something to say about Trump's tweet today about lynching. I like what he had to say. Cut number one. I'm not sure. The other thing is that this morning the president was very critical of this investigation. He referred to it as a lynching. Is that appropriate? The president's frustrated. I mean, if you had to go through the three years that this uh, that the president's had to live through, I think I think that just is an example of the frustration the president feels. Remember, this all started even before he got elected. This this started on July 31st, 2016, when Jim Comey opened the investigation and put the country through three years of this false accusation that somehow the president worked with Russia to impact the election. So uh, going through that. And now this ridiculous charade that the Democrats are putting him through, you can understand why the president's frustrated. All right. 
I agree. He's totally frustrated. I can't blame him for being frustrated. He's got a lot of things that he's trying to get done right now. Look, we got the USMCA sitting there waiting for the Congress to move on it. They sit on their hands and do nothing, which is going to help farmers all across the the United States. Here is the telltale sign that everything the Democrats are doing right now is killing them and their party and helping us. President Trump, as of today, has raised more money than any Republican in the history of the world. $300 million at at this point in his presidency. Yeah, 158 on his own. And... And what they were talking about today, a lot of those donations small, are small donations from regular folks like you and me donating, yeah, $25, $50, $100. That speaks volumes about the support this president has. And the more the media and the Democrats misbehave, the more it's going to hurt them. So just keep it up. Several you know, Democrats uh, have uh, gotten up and spoken about that uh, strategist mm-hmm. and have said the Democrats cannot catch up with his fundraising. <laughs> they are dead in the water when the real election starts. And that's going to help us win more blue states. I would hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I'll let you talk first when we come back. Okay. Sure. we got to go, go news, RD. I'm sorry. We'll Great. take a break for the news, and we'll come back. Stick with us wherever in the country you're listening to the Dave Ellswick Show. Facebook, you miss a lot. I'm just telling you. If you're listening, that's good. I'm, I appreciate that you're tuning in. If you're watching on Facebook, you get to see Dave Ellswick dance. Yep. <laughs> that's as close as I've that's ever seen close. you. That's, that's as close as you'll see. I don't yeah. dance anymore. I used to dance all the time, but not anymore. Mm-hmm. All right. So let me start off with another piece of audio for you. All right. Scalise, Congressman Scalise, he's the guy that was gunned down, if you remember, during the time they were practicing mm-hmm. baseball, with the, uh, the Republicans were. He had this to say about the impeachment inquiry. This is cut number five. 
Dana, I think we need to keep hitting hard on the fact that they're literally trying to impeach a president behind closed doors. The fact that Adam Schiff continues today, all of last week, to conduct all of these hearings in secret. He doesn't even allow the press in. Members of Congress that are not on the relevant committees are being turned away from the hearings. Uh, that's how uh, that's how backroom shady this is. It's, a, it's not just a witch hunt, but literally it's being conducted out of public view, unlike what we've ever seen. All three times that we've had impeachment inquiries in the history of Congress. Going back to Andrew Johnson, they've all been done first with a vote of the full house that wasn't done in this case. Uh, and then they've always been done in public. People remember the Nixon uh, hearings that were done in committee. Again, everybody could watch it at home. You can't watch it today. The press is not even allowed in that room. It makes you wonder what is Adam Schiff trying to hide from public view as they're trying to impeach the president with no known high crimes and misdemeanors. They've been investigating this guy for over two years. Mm -hmm. The Mueller investigation that was going to produce their magical evidence that Adam Schiff. Remember, he's the one who said he had more than circumstantial uh, evidence. Right. Never showed it because it never existed. All right. he, you know, Scalise is right. He's exactly right. I'm old enough that I remember when Nixon, when they were going, they were talking about impeaching him. Yeah, because you're old as dirt. Yeah, I am. I remember. <laughs> I remember when uh, Dean sat down in front of that committee. Heck, you were with the founders talk, when they wrote the Constitution. I, I was. Right? Yeah, I'm right. the guy that right. uh, Franklin says, I gave you a republic if you can keep it. <laughs> that was actually a woman. That was a woman that he said that, that to. It was yeah. a woman. Well, that's when I was identifying as a woman. Oh, okay. 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 I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway. I'm thinking back then you might have got lynched for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was pretty sure about that. Yeah, right or not. Artie, I cut you off before we went to the news, so I'm going to give you first shot today. Well, everyone was saying, and I agree, that the more the Democrats talk about impeachment and the crazier that they act with absolutely no crimes to come up with and nothing to show for all their accusations, they're hiding behind the fact that they don't have a candidate right now that is that is anywhere near the center that the base or independent can even vote for whenever Booker, they got Booker, Castro, and, and all of these people. O'Rourke, those people are so far left. They make Bernie Sanders look like he's in the center. Like they make Bernie Sanders look like a conservative. <laughs> and, 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 and Biden, it's like these people are hurting. They've got all of their eggs in one basket. If they don't get the president impeached, they are in big. No, 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 they have Not another egg impeached. that they haven't pulled out yet. They may get him impeached. But they'll never find him guilty. That's the key. This whole thing is nothing more than to throw as much mud on the president as they can for the next few months. And, and but you all don't know who they're, they're about to pull out. They've they're, they're got, they got two possibilities that there are rumblings about. The candidates? Candidates. Oh, yeah. You want to yeah. hear it? You Hillary? Hear it? I hope Hillary's yeah. one no, of them. No, but Hillary, no, everybody knows. <laughs> Michelle? Michelle Obama. I made and that then, prediction months ago. And then the other ago. day on a TV show, I was telling Dave, I was watching a TV show on national TV, and they were wild. interviewing Chelsea Clinton. Now, they're not talking about her for president, but they were talking about pulling her into the Arkansas governor's race. Yeah, there so you go. So we would have another Huckabee really? Clinton yes. matchup. Wow. Yes. Because if, if Sarah Huckabee Sanders runs and then Chelsea Clinton runs, can you imagine? Wouldn't that be fun? That would be a blowout. Right? That'd be big fun. I would <laughs> put. You know, I've thought about can we retiring in a couple of years, but I will put off my retirement 
for that to be on the air for that <laughs> yeah, absolutely because that that's be going to be a that's uh, going to be a, mm-hmm. a fest in the middle of the ring i'm just mm-hmm. telling you get the president to speak here in just a moment right now william is in foley alabama what's going on in alabama uh it's been raining down here okay well that's not a bad thing has it been continuously raining you got days and days of it uh we just had like a like a half an inch of rain here in the here and around the Gulf Shores and uh, Foley. Okay. All right. Well, tell us about uh, what you got for us. Well, I want to ask you this question. I mean, on the panel and everything right now, and I want everybody to listen out too. Why is these Democrats and all of them should be imprisoned by now? <laughs> because take a look at uh, 18 U.S.C. chapter, I think it's 115, um, I think it is uh, Section 2385, Advocating Overthrow of Government. And I think some of these people should start start reading on this. Well, William, the only problem with what you're saying is that impeachment is a constitutional process. Now, the founders tried to fix it so that one or the other party couldn't go after somebody just because of their political leanings. But that has not stopped the Democrats this time. I mean, they are, they're down in the mud. There's no doubt about it, trying to get this done. And it's because they don't have anybody, I believe, that can beat this president in, a, in, in the uh, election coming up. And there's one thing that they're forgetting. First of all, for the impeachment, you have to let both sides state their case. Both sides state their case. They're not letting. They're not, not nope. letting both sides state their case. Second thing is to do an impeachment. They're not even. They don't have a lawful inquiry right now, so the inquiry is not even happening. That's lawfully. just sort of a fictional, made up. Yeah, and idea, so sort of. they don't have the votes for the impeachment. Donald Trump's already said, if you're going to impeach me, shut up and impeach me. Basically, <laughs> well, that's what go ahead and do it. Hey, we talked on Thursday of last week with a lot of the big wigs from the Republican Party, and Jan attests to this, so will Wayne. One of the questions I asked, I was proud when the president sent that, sent that letter to Pelosi and said, hey, okay, let's do this. Do it. And he pushed all his chips in the middle of the table, and he oh, said, man. I'm all Call in. for the votes. Call for the votes. You know, Basically, and yeah. she hasn't done it yet. No, All she's right. not going to. But the t- the time of having a call is coming. Well, that, that's and kind of the one... perverse nature of a general accusation. Well, you're guilty, and we're going to, as opposed to, give us some specifics. What's the what what's the what's the rub here? Tell us what it is. Well, Pelosi yesterday was saying, "Here's some of the stuff that we got." I don't want to hear what you have by a written report. I want let's do it like we did with Richard Nixon. Let's get the full committee up there with the Republicans able to question as well as the Democrats are able to to question. Put it on national television and said and and you won't even have to put up with the housewives complaining about you getting rid of their soap operas for the day. (laughs) And the bottom line is let the American people hear all this stuff supposedly you got. But, but what, yeah. when does a snake want to be revealed? When does a snake want to see the light of day? When it's ready to bite you. And there's a, another thing that they're forgetting is it's the Senate that convicts 
The Senate right. has the yeah. vote to convict. Yeah. They don't have the votes in no. the Senate. But no. they know they don't have the votes. This is not, they know they don't even no, have wait, a case they got, against They them. got one Republican. They, they got Mitt Romney. True. <laughs> the Democrats have Mitt Romney. Well, is, it Mitt, is, is it Mitt Romney or what, what is his, his or maybe other Sass identity or now? What's his oh, yeah. He has another identity what is now. What, what did he go a, by? A fake Twitter account. He's the, the Obama. Electo, something delecto or yeah. the electo or something. Obamacare Romney. Yeah, he's... You know, he wasn't even smart enough. Mitt wasn't even smart enough when the media approached him and said, is it true that you have a fake Twitter account? Instead of just saying, hey, yeah, who doesn't? I mean, if, if I get blocked off of my Twitter account because of conservative bias, well, then at least I have a way to still well, reach out to people. Well, he doesn't have to worry about being he, he blocked for conservative that. bias. <laughs> that he didn't, didn't, happen. He didn't learn anything from Bill Clinton. Holy did. Bill Clinton didn't teach him nothing. No. He should I mean, <laughs> I like the guy who said, what, was the name Dick taken? Oh, yeah, that yeah. was good. That was good. <laughs> i go along that with good. that. He should have said it depends on what your definition of alternative is. Yeah, that's true. He's, he's a strange <laughs> he's cat. Got a definition to it. Yeah, you got that right. I've been looking. Uh, there's been people talking about that. He's been working with the Democrats. I've been looking uh, who those people are, and I'm not getting anything. If I get something, I'll let you all know, all right? You know, that's why they wanted, the Democrats also wanted the president's taxes, his tax returns. They wanted all of his tax information because, can you imagine, he knew. He knew how they were going to treat him. And you look at the way they treat him over simple word, you know, a, a word he uses in a tweet. You can imagine what they would have done with his taxes. Nice. I mean, we would have been... So why are the Dems doing this? Well, the president has a reason that he believes... This is a little over two minutes long I'm going to play for us, R.D. Uh, let's hear what the president has to say. Cut number nine. Do you believe that it's a foregone conclusion that the House will impeach? Well, I think they want to. Uh, any Democrat wants to because they're not going to beat me in the election. So, of course, they want to impeach. Why wouldn't they want to impeach me? It's so, it's so illegitimate. That it cannot be the way the founders, our great founders, meant this to be. But I, I see this guy, Congressman Al Green. Say we have to impeach him, otherwise he's going to win the election. What's that all about? But that's exactly what they're saying. We have to impeach him because otherwise he's going to win. I'm going to win the election. Look, I have the strongest economy ever. It's the economy, stupid, right? I have the strongest economy in the history of our country. Okay, we're setting records. Over a hundred times, I think it's like 118, but over a hundred times we've had the highest stock market in history since November 8th. Over a hundred times. And by the way, the day I got elected, the following day from there until January 20th, the market went through the roof. You know why it went through the roof? Because they got rid of Obama and they got rid of Clinton. And if anybody else, any of these people that I've been watching on the stage got elected, your 401ks would be down the tubes. They'd go down not 20% or 30%. They'd go down 70, 90, 80. You'd destroy this country. You'd destroy the country. So I think they want to impeach me because it's the only way they're going to win. They've got nothing. All they have is a phone call that was perfect. All they have is a whistleblower who's disappeared. Where is he? He's gone. Then they have a second whistleblower. The second whistleblower's got, oh, it's going to, where is he? He disappeared. Then they have an informant. Oh, the informant is, where is he? They're interviewing, they're interviewing ambassadors who I'd never heard of. I don't know who these people are. I never heard of them. And I have great respect for some of them. One of them said just recently, 
uh, a very, very highly respected man. I'm not going to get into their names, but a highly said, no, no, we were very, very bothered by Joe Biden and his son. Back during the Obama administration, he said we were very, he's supposed to be their witness. Don't forget, many of these people were put there during Obama, during Clinton, during the never Trump or Bush era. You know, you had a never Trump or Bush. You have heard of those. Those people might be worse than the Democrats, the never Trumpers. The good news is they're dying off fast. They're on artificial respiration, I think. But no, impeachment, uh, they, they want to impeach and they want to do it as quick as possible. And that's pretty much the story. Okay. What about Republican support? Do you, are you working behind... I think I have great Republican support. Do you run the risk of alienating... No, I don't think so at all. No, they, because, you know what? Look, no, you don't... I have to do what I have to do. Okay, he went on. I want you to hear what else he said here, all right? Here's the president as he continued. That would be cut number eight. ...of two large groups, hundreds of thousands potentially of people that are fighting. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yes, Steve. The Republicans need to get tougher and fight. What are you talking about? Well, I think the Democrats fight dirty. I think the Democrats are lousy politicians with lousy policy. They want open borders. They don't care about crime. They want sanctuary cities. Uh, They don't care about drugs. They don't care about almost anything. They don't care about USMCA. How about that? I think they're lousy politicians. But two things they have. They're vicious and they stick together. They don't have Mitt Romney in their midst. They don't have people like that. They stick together. You never see them break off. You never see somebody go out and... That's why I respected so much what I watched with Will Hurd today, because he was one of the few that didn't seem to be there, and yet he made a statement. He said, well, I haven't seen any complaints whatsoever from the Ukrainians. The Ukrainians didn't complain, and they didn't tell any of our ambassadors. This thing is all about a letter that was perfect. You never hear the letter anymore. It was all about whistleblowers. You never hear what happened to the whistleblower. They're gone because they've been discredited. What happened to the informant? And where is the IG? Why did the IG read the letter, read the transcript? He could have gotten it, I guess. I assume I would have declassified it for him if I had to do that. Why didn't he read this and then see that the whistleblower's account was totally different than the letter? Then he would have said, oh, there's no problem here. The whistleblower gave a false account. Now you have to say, well, do we have to protect somebody that gave a false account? You know, these whistleblowers, they have them like they're angels. Okay. So do we have to protect somebody that gave a totally false account of my conversation? I don't know. You tell me. Do we have to protect the informant? Now, I happen to think there probably wasn't an informant. You know, the informant went to the whistleblower. The whistleblower had second and third hand information. You remember that. It was a big problem. But the information was wrong. So was there actually an informant? Maybe the informant was Schiff. It could be Shifty Schiff. In my opinion, it's possibly Schiff. Why didn't Schiff say that he and his staff or his staff or a whole group, why didn't he say that he met with the whistleblower? He knew all about the whistleblower. Why didn't he say? Coming back. He's a crooked politician. Here we are back. All right. Anyway. Shifty Schiff. He was on a a roll, to say the least. He was on a roll today. It's good stuff. 
Yeah, you know, he, because he's getting a little more aggressive. He's, he's getting, he's, well, he he's always been be. an aggressive personality in, as a businessman, but he's getting well, more just And that's one of the problems with a lot, of, a lot of Republicans is they do not, they're not aggressive enough. They're, right. they're, they're afraid of their shadow. They talk about how they want to shrink government and, and reduce regulations and, and whatnot when they're, when they're running for office. And then when they get in, get in office and they start passing laws, government continues to grow. Here's what I like about what Trump said. Democrats are vicious, and they stick together. Unlikely. They don't have Mitt Romney in their midst. <laughs> yes, that's, yes. Good. <laughs> that's good. That's the truth. But it wasn't just Mitt Romney. Who was the other that was a Republican legislator today that couldn't wait to run to the cameras and the microphone to criticize President Trump for using the word lynch in his tweet? Do you, do you know who it was? I, I can't remember the guy. But it was another U.S. congressman. I'm trying to think. With, uh, that could have been Kevin McCarthy. I don't know. I just He said that that's not the language I would use. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's, well, because and, I'm a coward. And, and it's, it's, politi- it's poetic license. No, he's not being literally lynched. But, a politi- but to call it a political lynching is quite fair. Mm-hmm. I think that's a it's a reasonable terminology. It's well, not a racist what, term. It's not that's a racial that's, term. That's, that's what lynch. Lindsey Graham said. Yeah, Wait, cut three for or cut two for me again. It's necessary to empower the Republican minority in the House to confront accusations against the president. A vote of inquiry allows the president to confront his accuser and to call witnesses on his behalf. Until that is done, this is a joke. This is a sham, and this is a political lynching. Thank you very much, Lindsey Graham. Senator Graham, we appreciate you. Let's take a quick break. We're a little late. It's 25 minutes after 3. You got something you want to talk about? You want to get in and talk about this whole impeachment thing? We'd like to hear from you. 501-823-0965. All right. We've got uh, about 25 minutes till 4. Don't forget, Jan... Uh, has lined up a great interview for us at 4 o'clock with uh, a gun group that I guess you can buy insurance from to protect you if you get into a shooting. Uh, It's something that you should have for the simple reason that uh, not not all police believe you should have the right to Self-defense. I don't think it's insurance in case you murder somebody. It's insurance for, no. the, for those cases where where you might get prosecuted or sued. And I think yeah. it's it's. I think it's sort of like having an attorney on the phone. Here's what I would suggest available. to you: if let's say you have to protect yourself and you shoot an intruder in your house and you call the police after it's done, they show up. Make sure you put the gun down, put it away <laughs> from you, and then when they show up, uh, tell them your name, and then say, I want my lawyer. Do not sit and start talking to them about what happened. You're liable to talk yourself into a, into a prison sentence. Yeah, you sentence. could. You, you really could. All right, Bob's in Conway. He wants to join us today. Hello, Bob. How are you? I'm excellent, Dave. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I have a, co- a comment about impeachment and sure. Jan's comment about tax uh, president trump's taxes yes but but one of your former callers may be correct in the fact that this 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 is an an illegal coup they haven't followed procedure by taking the vote this this it's just like the mueller report how can they spend all of our money and all of our time when they don't even file a charge It, it it is it's at least a coup if not an overthrow of the government now, the taxes, the Trump's taxes, I, I personally don't care, and I think that I'm pretty much the norm. Um, 
when 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 I heard that Donald Trump was going to run for president, you know, my wife told me, "Hey, this 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 uh, millionaire dude's running for president," and I thought to myself, "Well, that's exactly what this country needs is a visionary that doesn't need my that doesn't need to cheat me. He's got more money than there is dirt." So so I knew he wouldn't cheat me financially, and just just look where it's look where he's gotten us. Yep. Look where he's gotten us. His results stand for themselves. Mm-hmm. I agree with and you, I, Bob. I'm a. I don't mean to be so passionate, Dave. I, I just love my country very much. Um, I love your show and and you and talk show host and your panels who are not afraid to open their mouth and let the truth come out. All right. Thank, thank you, you, Bob. We appreciate your call. Thank you very much. That was from Conway. By the way, the governor was in Conway today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie Beck will be on uh, Thursday with me. I talked to her today. She will be on Thursday. She's a spokesman now for the governor, not J.R. Davis. He's moved on to another job. The bottom line is the, the governor brought in uh, some uh, – uh, there's some new business coming into Conway, taking over find the, the Hewitt Packard building. Is that what it was? Yeah, I think it was the new HP oh. building there, or the old HP buildings. So, what was it? Ten, ten years ago or so, when so, the yeah. state paid Hewlett Packard about or bribed Hewlett yeah, Packard BB. with about ten million dollars. It was BB. The they yeah. bribed somebody yeah. else. Man. And, and so that now I, they they have a new um, they have some new tenants apparently. And yeah, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't know for sure yet if they've actually. If they paid them or not, I was just kind of. Yeah, we don't know, yeah. and we're, I'm. I've been kind of waiting to see the story pop up that hasn't popped up here. Uh, I just knew that, it, that that the governor had a press conference yeah, today yeah. about. Well, it. I can read Stevens. Post. Yeah, they're bringing twelve hundred jobs, and there there's incentive system involved, and that's not, not sure. unusual. That's that's not unusual. That's the way it works here. now. Yeah, at, not yeah, just in Arkansas, yeah, that's, all that's over the United States. It works unfortunately, I would rather. I would rather them just maybe try to attract business by eliminating a bunch of bad regulations and, and taxes. And such. Oh, the president's trying taxes. to do that. He's getting rid of regulations. Let me go and take one, a call yeah. here. Okay, he's out in California. Mm-hmm. So let's get Mike on with us. Hello, Mike. How are you? Hey, how you doing, Dave? Doing uh, great. A long time. It's been, uh, been about a month. I've given you guys a couple calls before. Yeah, I know. What you got for us All today? Right, well, uh, we're not calling it California anymore. It's California now. I'm on California. <laughs> I like that. Socialism works, right? You know what? You know uh, what yeah, the people it, down it, in Texas? Awesome. You know what Texas is saying? They're calling it Texafornia down there now. They want you guys to stay oh, away. Yeah, uh, well, they're they're the ones taking all our refugees that are running from California. So yeah. they should be happy. Those are people that don't like the. Uh, the current situation in California, and they're going. They're trying to find a better life in Texas. So well, they got Toyota too. They're, they got... they're showing up there. Just give them a break. They're refugees. They're uh, they're just like you. They just want to get the hell out of here. All right. How about you? You you stuck or something? They got you got a ball and chain on you or something? Well, I'm half stuck, um, and I half <laughs> just don't want to give it up. I was born and raised here, and this is my home, and I'm I'll, I'll be damned if uh, if I'm not going to stand and defend it. All right, fighting Don't it out. Don't let them run As far as the impeachment goes, yeah, um, I think that uh, this is just their fourth attempt at a at, at a uh, definable coup. It's not a it's not an impeachment attempt. Not when you go outside of the framework of the Constitution. Um, when you start saying the Constitution isn't the uh, the way we're going to deal with this, then you're uh, you're going outside of what what uh, we the people have agreed upon on uh, the way to do things and. Uh, 
we don't work for them. It's the other way around, and they need to start realizing that. But isn't that the standard? Um, as far as the impeachment goes, yeah, it's it's illegal. They they just can't they can't just go and make up their own rules and try for their fourth coup attempt now because we realize this is the fourth attempt by these guys to take our president from us. We we can't just stand by. I like the fact that we're talking about it. I really do. But we can't just keep talking about it. We're, we're going to have to stand up and do something about this and say we're, enough is enough. I'm on the front lines here. Every one of our elected leaders here, um, Kamala Harris, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, these are people that are not doing their jobs here in the state of California. Well, those are three winners, aren't they? My money, and they're fighting the president. <laughs> yeah, I'm they're saying. The, the, my president. They're fighting um, my president with my money. That's why I'm on the front lines, and that's why I'm saying this is California. If you want this country to turn into California, just let it keep going the way it's going with these guys and let them get this coup attempt through. Because right now, Governor Newsom, Rusum Newsom as we call him, is uh, we've got the highest uh, gas prices in the country. He's snaking the, uh, the tax money, sticking it in his pocket, basically telling us forthright like a gangster – this is my money now, and I'll do with what, do with it what I want. Um, and we're trying to impeach this guy, but uh, he's he's going to hold all attempts uh, away from it because he wants this to become a socialist sanctuary state. He you, he just appointed illegal immigrants, and let's call them what they are. They're here illegally. They are he's appointing them to councils and to um, to um, state department uh, agencies to make decisions for us. I don't have to abide by these decisions because they're here illegally. I got you. All right, Mike, thanks for your call. Keep the keep the faith, brother. He's from California. That's what, he, that's what Mike says. I like that new one, Gruesome Newsome. That's good. That's really good. That's almost, again, uh, like yesterday we were talking about uh, Sanders, you know, mm-hmm. about uh, about him. And uh, what was it? What, what's Sanders' first name? Bernie? Bernie, yeah. You know, Gurney Bernie. <laughs> I was wondering who you were talking about. I was like, you're Gurney. talking about Sanders. Is that yeah. his first name or his last yeah, name? Yeah, Gurney, okay. Gurney Sanders. <laughs> yeah, Gurney Bernie. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, after having that heart attack, he's Gurney Bernie. What, what, is, uh, what is President Trump's nickname for him? I'm sure he has one. Anybody the know? old guy. No, I don't know. I don't know what it <laughs> okay. is. He's a okay. full-blown socialist. No, well, he yeah, is. well, he is and that. There's no way for the government but to take more power. But he knows how to do socialism so it'll work. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. <laughs> well, well you know what Trump he... said is the problem is not that they've implemented it wrong. The problem is that they've implemented it right. Yeah, that's it. Well, implemented. Apart, well yeah. there's, there's no right, to, right way to implement it. I mean, how, how do you, how do you Im- implement subjugation and in in brutality and in, in, in human rights have violation? To take at the, end, freedom away at from the them. end of a gun that you have and everybody else doesn't right it, it's it's quite a lot more effective when you can use force and you're and you can outgun the people i mean then you can subjugated. fight over there in hong kong with umbrellas yeah, yeah and i just want yeah. everybody to know we're going to talk about a gun rights issue at the four o'clock hour yes four we o'clock are. central time so don't go away you know every show we have to do at least one gun rights at issue. least one segment yes if not multiple segments. that's right and and who are these people that are coming on uh, we have someone from uh, Self Defense Fund, an insurance company that represents concealed carry citizens, and we're going to get their response to this new law or policy, whatever you want to call it, that the governor of New Jersey just passed with the stroke of a pen, just made up this rule. Executive order. That, executive order. That which was, if you 
or an insurance company and you insure gun owners, if a gun owner in the state of New Jersey uses a gun improperly and the governor doesn't define what they view as improper. So that leaves this big, vague area of, you know, the unknown. Then that company can be fined a million dollars. Well, it ran USCCA out of the state. They they no longer insure. Yeah, the USCCA no longer insures people in the state of New Jersey because of the governor's decision. So we're going to talk about that. And and if if it happens in New Jersey, you can expect if they get by with this, that you're going to start seeing this in other states. Okay, so Janet, I need to ask you a question because I mm-hmm. made this statement while you were out and you were talking. You talked while I was I away. Did. I, well, somebody has. You to. had a discussion without me here. I somebody has it. to oh while gosh. you're gone. Okay. But here's the key: I said that if you are involved at your home mm-hmm. in a self-defense type situation, somebody breaks in, you shoot them, you kill them, you call the police, put your gun out, out of your reach so that they don't think that you have a, you got the gun in your hand or anything because you mm-hmm. don't want to get yourself shot. Mm-hmm. But when they say, what happened? Say, my name is Dave Ellswick. I want to talk to my lawyer. Yeah, I don't answer questions. Yeah, I want to talk to my lawyer. I want to talk to my lawyer. I don't answer questions. That is that is the response. In fact, I just watched two v- YouTube videos. One was uh, put on by a police officer and another one was a lawyer. You should look these up. It's called Don't Talk to Police Officers. And, and these are people who respect people in law enforcement, but they say that if you're involved in a gun-related situation, or actually any situation, don't talk to police. You say, I will be willing to cooperate fully later, but right now I just want to speak to my lawyer. Because anything you can, anything you say can and will be well, used against you. It's just like talking to your wife. For the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. It will be used against you, and it will be held in storage for a later time in case you That's do right. something wrong new. Always gonna, go back. You can say that again. You can say that again. So since RD, i got to ask, I ran into you Saturday. Yeah. Where did you get that hot sports car? Well, I looked it up, and I went all the way to Alabama to get that. My wife did you really? My wife has been wanting a Camaro since I met her when she Boy, was fourteen years old. Is it an IROC? No, it is a, um, a LT one six hundred and fifty horsepower supercharged uh, race car. He's so got the real. It's a supercar. Oh, Wow. It's supercharged. Did you drive uh, it up here today? No, I shit, I don't can't drive it without her in the car. No. <laughs> <laughs> I drove it before she saw it. I went and got it and brought it up. But yeah. that's a chick magnet. Yeah, I went up. That's why you're not and allowed to knows, drive it. That's right. It. Now, can she drive it without you in it? Oh yeah, that's it's her car. I love it's the her rules. When there's a so is this, is everything her that's her mine is hers, and everything that's hers is hers. That's right. So it's rules. I've been married for a long time. Is it an auto? Automatic or is it standard? No, it's an automatic. It's, it's an a ten-speed automatic. 10 automatic. Oh, so when you wow. rock it, it's got the right gear for the occasion. Oh, wow. Hey, there is no such time. thing as a sports car that's that's an automatic. I mean, a real sports car is gonna have. <laughs> so a you got paddles, show. right? Well, just, well, it's got paddles on it where you can shift it standardly. Yeah, it's the it's the fastest uh, supercar that's ever went around Nuremberg. The fastest. <laughs> Factory car that's ever went around Nuremberg, which is a German track that they wow. test all sports cars. Of course, it's not as so. fast as my and Wayne's V rods. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. so we'll, he's sitting we'll there. We'll line him up if you want. He pulls to. up. To, <laughs> I'm sitting there putting gas in my car, and he pulls up, and I hear, "Hi, Dave." And I look over, and I'm looking at the car. I go, "Who do I know that owns this car?" And then I recognize your wife. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, RD's talking to me. I didn't want to get into a, a whole thing about where you'd got it from but 
Yeah. Alabama, yeah. did you say? Yeah, they're rare. It's a rare car, and I didn't buy a new one. I bought. I found a used one with fifteen thousand miles and wow. saved, saved twenty thousand dollars. My Lori Cook. One, so Lori Cook on Facebook says I have a supercharged Camaro and I love it. Oh yeah, my <laughs> wife loves hers too. It's got okay. more power. She shoots a forty-five, not a twenty-two. Don't like big go. guns. Don't, <laughs> don't lie. Now don't lie. How fast have you gotten it up to? Of that car. Yeah. I haven't gotten it that fast. You know, probably just 100 miles an hour. Okay, there we go. There go. All right, we like that. A break. Got <laughs> more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show with the Power Panel. All right, look, we've heard from people in California, Oregon, and out west. I haven't heard from in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Now, that's middle America. Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear from somebody on the East Coast. East Coast. Well, we I want to hear from somebody today who I would like to know if you're conservative and you've actually ever been polled. Because R.D. just said something. I said, I have never been polled. Nobody's ever called me about a, a, on a poll. And he said, well, you're probably on their do not call list. I already know what you think. It's like, okay. I just want to know. If it's kind of like, conservatives, the, it's you, kinda like the polled? jury thing. You know, at, at, yeah. at, at my yeah. house. They know why they're not going to call me. In my house, we have, a, we have a, a landline, and so mm-hmm. they do call that landline sometimes. Oh, it's because I don't have a landline? It might be. I don't know. Yeah. It's probably because you have a job. Call cell phones, now. too, I think. But, yeah. but, but Probably because you have a job. They prefer to poll people that aren't uh, working. Maybe so that's that's They true. call during the hours of the day while the people that have a job at work, at work and they'll poll the people that are not I don't not have at time to talk to you right yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually working for a living, so I can pay the bills for all these people who won't work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. of, course, of course, then a lot of us, I assume the rest of y'all get these these um, telemarketer calls from a, from a robot. Yes. Half a dozen or a yes. dozen times a day. More. Some, what, some of those might, might actually be something. Be a, which are supposed to be illegal in Arkansas, by the way. Hmm. Here's how I know it's it's one of those kinds. Don't of hang up. Because nobody Get ever calls ring, you except and, those. And I'll, I'll answer, and there's a there's a stop. Nobody oh, says anything, so I hang up immediately <laughs> so I don't have to listen to Do you ever to the play crap. with those people? Do you ever, like, just say things and do things? I did that once with a carpet cleaning company. Mm-hmm. Because I kept asking them if they could get blood out of the carpet. <laughs> I always play with the ones that call. Have you have you all gotten the phone call from from these companies that saying you're you get a recording at first when you answer your phone and they're saying the warranty on your vehicle has expired, yes. but we are going to extend it. Oh yeah, just hang on the line. And so when they get on the line, I say, okay, uh, yes, I'm interested. So uh, which vehicle are you talking about? And they said, well, which, which, what is your vehicle? And I said, well, you called me. You said, you know. You said, my warranty's expired, so I want to know which one it is. Tell me. So. I, I don't remember it expiring, so. Yeah. That, well, well those they people can't tell take, you because they don't know because it's a, it's a scam. The people that take polls do also know what you're – how you voted in the last four elections and if mm-hmm. you're a registered Democrat or a registered Republican. Mm-hmm. And they know more about you than what you – what you think they do wish, so, uh, what, what you wish they didn't know. exactly so you can take a poll and call whichever type of people you want to call and get any result and ask the question whichever way you want mm-hmm. to ask it so when people say that they've ran a poll it means nothing to well, me because to you can manipulate you can manipulate the outcome of a poll by the way you word the question or who you call you do know how they got the numbers from the Trump rally the other day, 
they didn't ask everybody that walked into that building, what are you and what were you and how did you vote? They have facial recognition now. I was talking to somebody on Facebook the other day and they were saying, well, I can't believe somebody took a screenshot out of a private group where I posted something and it was private. And I said, excuse me? <laughs> did you not Nothing know? Nothing on There's the internet no is private. There's no such thing as privacy. No, anything you put, anything you put in a text message, anything you say on a phone line uh, that you put on a computer and an email, there is no such thing as privacy. And, and you tag a friend Out who's there. got a public, who, who, who has their, their profiles public, and, and you expect that it's going to remain private? Remember right. all those those helicopters flying over? Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they were, had cameras. They had cameras. And they yeah, but those facial recognition, they can instantly. Yeah. I would like, I would, you, but didn't you wonder how he got all those numbers and how he knew no, that, how I many just people know were there were Democrats? I, look, yeah. if you're good at that, you're able to to get that data, and mm-hmm. he's he gets it. And oh yeah, you know, everybody talked about when Obama ran the last time that how they would walk up to a house and had a they would have a a tablet with them, mm-hmm. and they knew what the name of the people in the house was, how they had voted, and all of that. This guy has taken that to like the nth degree. Three. Nobody's ever come to my house on polls either. They don't even come to my house. You think one it's because they know we're armed? One of the things that uh, that a lot of people aren't paying attention to is the enhanced driver's license you're going to need by next October. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because they do a background check on you there before you're giving it. What do you have to produce to get the enhanced license? Your the blood. enhanced driver's license. Besides <laughs> your blood, really, seriously, what do you have to have? I, I don't know. You don't have one yet? I don't have one. I, I got I mine. One of those. Is that the one where you can drive over 100 miles an hour? <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah, to get to the airport on time. Yeah, That's right. right. Yeah, if you have extra training. Uh, yeah, sure. Extra training. Right. I thought they needed to give you your freedom back. Oh, let's, let's, talk pay to, for it. let's talk to Heath. Heath, I've got two minutes. What you got for us, bud? Well, you're asking about polling, and I've got polled one time in my life. Okay. And I, I can kind of understand why I didn't get called again, I think. Because <laughs> uh, I wasn't giving them the answers. I wanted to tell you how far back it was. Remember when the biggest thing on that we were worried about was uh, mad cow disease? Yes. Mm-hmm. They, that, was the, that was the big question they were really looking for, wanting to know if, if I was concerned if one in a thousand cows um, tested positive. I said no. So he said five. And he just kept going up, and I could tell he was going to keep going until I said yes. And I finally told him, you know, I'm not concerned because of our testing processes. It's not going to happen and become an issue. And finally, he just finally decided just to quit uh, trying trying to get the answer he wanted. And then at the end, he kind of smugly said, so would you like to be called again for a future service? I said, of course I would. He said, uh, <laughs> bye. Yeah, that's called, and I appreciate your call. That, uh, that is called a push-pull. Uh, you're, you're, they already know what they're looking for. They just start ans- asking the question <laughs> to get the answer that right, they want. Exactly. Years ago, I got, I, got, I got polled on something. It was a political poll of some sort. 30 I, seconds. The, the, the answers I gave were so unconventional that when the poll was over, the girl asking the questions – actually started asking me more to explain it because she was interested because my answers were so different. Were you answering she, from this century? Maybe not. But it was it was just kind of interesting that, that, that I kind of took her so off guard that um, she didn't know what to think. She was, so she was literally interested in, in what I had to say. If you're a gun owner, if you think you're going to become a gun owner, you need to be with us when we come back after the news. We're going to talk about some really important information you need to know. That's all coming up on the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, let's get to the news.
On the phone, Kevin McCloskey. McCloskey. I'll get it right. I'm, look, I grew up outside of Chicago. Everybody's last name ended with ski. Hmm. How you doing, Kevin? I am doing outstanding. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. USCCA, you have an interesting story, Jan Morgan tells me, about New Jersey. Wait, yeah, actually, I want his opinion. Look, can I just set this up real quick, Go. though, for people that weren't don't know what we're going to be talking about? So just when you thought that no one could outdo California or New York in the in the category of idiotic gun control measures, in walks New Jersey. Now, with the stroke of his pen, Governor Phil Murphy has decided that if you are an insurance company in the state of New Jersey that insurance that insures gun owners and a gun owner uses a firearm in a way that he considers is improper, the insurance company is going to be fined a million dollars. And tell me, Kevin, is it not true that this measure has completely run USCCA insurance company out of the state of New Jersey? Well, first I need to point out that we're not an insurance company, and I know that might be semantics, but mm-hmm. um, the, the insurance industry around the nation is, is very highly regulated, and there's 50 different insurance commissioners and 50 different groups of laws. That's um, a crime. So, uh, what, what, we, what we do is, is we provide member benefits, and, and the governor of New Jersey says that he wants to prohibit or limit the sale of insurance products that encourage the improper use of firearms. Well, my contention is that we encourage the proper use of firearms, that self-defense is a God-given legal right, and if you use your firearm in self-defense, you deserve the best possible legal protection that anybody else would. Is Absolutely. Get. I mean, if, if you're going to court, um, you deserve to be to get the best legal representation you can. So we disagree with the folks in New Jersey, but yes, we uh, right now um, we've had to stop doing what we do, and we're, we're aggressively working to resolve this situation and try to help them understand that our membership and the stuff that we do is for responsible gun owners, the people who have proven to not commit crimes and, and only want to protect themselves and their families. And you can prove that because you actually have a training. USCCA provides a, a broad range of services, including firearms instruction, gun safety handling. You actually have certified instructors across America who teach classes in responsible gun ownership, do you not? Yes, absolutely. And 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 not just, you know, responsible gun ownership and basic gun safety, but we got everything from concealed carry and home defense fundamentals uh, all the way up to um, defensive shooting fundamentals where we're actually putting people on the range and teaching them um, what it's like to shoot defensively. So uh, everything we do is geared around two simple principles, situational awareness and conflict avoidance. The last thing we want anybody to do is use force of any level. And, and so for, for someone to accuse us of uh, encouraging the improper use of firearms, uh, this guy clearly doesn't know what we do. He clearly hasn't taken a look at what the USCCA is. So what y'all provide is, is, is basically legal counsel in a kind of in a prepaid form 
And so that yeah, a, a, a little bit different than that. What happens with us is is we do provide um, uh, monetary compensation to our members as a member benefit to ensure that we pay things like bail and um, attorney retainers and mm-hmm. attorney fees up to your certain level of membership. Mm-hmm. And it, it's all spelled out in a, in our membership agreement and things like that. And what we do is make sure that we have good quality criminal defense attorneys from every state, so that if someone is driving from Florida to Washington State, and uh, and they're on their way in, in Missouri, they get into an incident where they have to defend themselves. We'll find an attorney right there in Missouri that's already been vetted out and, and knows the, the criminal codes there in Missouri, and, and we'll help them through. And and yes, we do pay for it, but again, we've, we've taken every step that we can to comply with every insurance commissioner in all 50 states to make sure that we are doing the best we can for our members according to the law we're we're the people who are on the right side of the law in this but you're not you're, 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 you don't you don't provide a get out of jail free card for people it's like oh i'm going to buy insurance in case i murder somebody then i can get out of jail for free what no, you're providing absolutely is absolutely not and, and and our member our member agreement says that that you you know this is not something that is is going to protect you um if you are out there committing crimes um that's not what we do but occasionally when there's a self-defense incident a zealous district attorney or somebody like that will file some sort of charges or certainly you might get arrested on site because you're at the scene of a shooting and then you need legal representation everybody deserves to have a decent lawyer when they're going into the legal system and that's what we provide we make sure that our members get the best possible legal representation okay hey this is rd on the panel here i've read an article about this bill that he signed and you asked me if i if i'm taking this correctly it says that governor phil murphy's order is going to prohibit any insurance company that offers that offers concealed license holders insurance in case they have something while they're using their firearm so if this company provides insurance for concealed weapon license holders, then it says here that he's going to prohibit, limit the sale, procurement, marketing, and distribution of insurance products that encourage the improper use of firearms. So if you take these two paragraphs from this article from New Jersey, everyone that has a concealed weapon license that is looking for insurance is improperly using it because any insurance company that provides them insurance for carrying a concealed weapon, he's going to block them from selling it in the state. So I don't Do you deduct from that that people that have the license and carrying a firearm in his definition is using it improperly? Well, I think that's his presupposition is that he, he automatically assumes that somebody who is with a concealed carry permit and uses their firearm, there it looks to me like he's calling people guilty until they're proven innocent. Exactly. And the idea here is that self-defense is legal. And That's right. I fully agree that self-defense. I'm a police officer myself. I'm fully. I fully agree that any use of self-defense has to be thoroughly investigated. But everybody deserves the right to have counsel, and if we can provide that member benefit. And our members um, get the opportunity to get good quality legal counsel through our membership agreement. That's what we would like to do for them. But it's not it, this Wayne Beach. It's not. It's not really insurance. What you're saying. It's almost like a retainer, a legal retainer. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. What 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 we provide? Um, we do we do pay lawyer fees. 
um, up to a certain amount, you know, uh, 150 or $250,000 for criminal cases and up to a million dollars for um, uh, civil cases. We'll, we'll, we cover those fees. But um, again, the uh, I'm, I'm no insurance attorney. And uh, we, we have taken great pains to make sure that what we're providing is uh, is uh, under the letter of the law correct for the places that we'll, that we're allowed to work. And Question. now New Jersey decided that we're not allowed to work there. So we're 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 actively seeking a way to to work with the folks in New Jersey to make sure that that our members there in New Jersey can have coverage. And and we will try to figure that out the best we can. Um, we're trying to resolve it so that they understand that our membership is for responsible gun owners. We're not out there. Um, providing membership benefits to um, people who are shooting up the neighborhood. We're out there to to help people who want to protect themselves. Last question. Yeah. So, Kevin, how, what are you all doing to to counter this? You said you're aggressively trying to address this issue in that state. What are you doing? Uh, number one and number two. How how optimistic are you that you're going to be able to to get concealed carry insurance back to the people of New Jersey? Because, and I know you don't call it insurance once again, but because what's yeah. happening there is going to start happening in other states. Yeah, and and what we gotta we have uh, our attorneys talking with their attorneys, trying to figure out what it is they want us to do, and we're trying to um, get before the group of people to basically plead our case and tell people what it is that we actually do because um, we're being misrepresented on this. Um, when when we're talking about people who, um, you know, if the governor claims that we are encouraging the improper use of firearms. He, he has no idea what we're training people to do mm-hmm. and and the information that we're providing people. We want – I tell people all the time, the best fight is the one you're not in. Leave the area. But if you do, if you're cornered and you have to fight, then you need that legal representation because you know that there's – you know, if you took a four-hour concealed carry permit class, the police officers showing up to a self-defense shooting are going to investigate for a heck of a lot more than four hours when they start looking around at what's going on. As they should, but but you deserve that legal representation, and and we believe that honest gun owners do the right thing more often than not. Right. Kevin Mikulowski, if I might ask you, USCCA, where can people get more information? Super easy, USCCA.com, right at our website, and there's all sorts of free training out there and a great reciprocity map and gun law information to tell you where you will be legal and where you won't. All right. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. We will be in touch with you in the future. Coming up after the break, we're going to have a Texan on with us. There you go. He's calling us up, and he believes you should be able to carry wherever you want to. All right? Keep that in mind. We'll talk about it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Let's head out to the great state of Texas, and C.J. Gresham's going to join us. We'll talk a little bit about self-defense with him. By the way, CJ, just so you know, my um, wife's grandfather's last name was Gresham, so I'm sure there's some some uh, relationship there somewhere. He lived up in Wichita Falls. So now let me let me give you a little background on CJ Gresham. CJ is a retired Army first sergeant, founder of Open Carry Texas, and is a membership director of Self Defense Fund. He's a husband, father, and currently a first year law student. Okay. We're loving it, CJ. We love you, brother. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Well, you you got this group. What uh, possessed you to start? Well, the uh, so I was going to call and kind of talk about what they were 
doing there in New Jersey with yeah. the self-defense fund um, and wanted to let people know. So self-defense fund was created to assist people who use their firearm in self-defense. It's good in all 50 states. Uh, as we know, the <coughs> left has weaponized the courts against gun owners uh, mm-hmm. they, and against gun manufacturing companies. And now what they want to do is they, they, they don't want to just disarm us in the streets. They want to disarm us in the courts. Mm-hmm. and uh, be able to sue you and you not have uh, any way to defend yourself except for going into debt and to going into uh, bankruptcy, essentially trying to defend yourself against some thug that breaks into your house. Or as we recently saw at the uh, uh, the Dollar General where the the guy behind the counter shot the armed robber and then the family comes out saying – that the guy was wrong for shooting him. All he wanted to do was rob the place. He didn't hurt anybody. <laughs> um, I love it. So, yeah, and, and so that's what uh, that's what self defense fund is designed to do. And it's not, uh, thankfully, it's not insurance, so it's not affected by the New Jersey uh, executive order that they just passed. Self defense fund is actually an association that provides as a benefit to its members um, legal protection in cases of self-defense. So if you end up shooting that guy that broke into your daughter's window and, uh, you know, you catch him on top of your daughter or your wife or something, then he can't sue you. Or And if he does, uh, you're you're protected from that. So you have clients. Self-Defense Fund has clients in New Jersey then, right? Uh, yes, we do. We've got clients in almost every state, if I'm not mistaken. And um, we've I've personally, before I started working with, self-defense fund was represented twice mm-hmm. by self-defense fund um, for two issues that I had. And uh, so the thing is, if, if you're a donor, you've got to, unfortunately, you've got to protect yourself these days because just defending yourself, that's not the end of the danger. You've right. And even if you're legally potential. in the right, even if you are 100 yeah. percent legally in the right and an justifiable use of lethal force with your firearm, it does not mean that you're not going to face a legal challenge. And I personally, you know, having concealed carry insurance makes me know that if I get into a situation, at least I'm going to have. A lawyer, and I'm not going to go into uh, bankruptcy well, trying to, to fight. And you've got and you've got some attorneys that are probably a little more in tune to this already, so you don't have to go hunt somebody down and whatnot. So I, the, the the notion of it, it's, it's probably not even correct to call it insurance. Like like but what that's city, what everybody but does. There, like is what, what, there is insurance. There perhaps, is insurance. But like city city governments have insurance, if I understand it correctly, for their employees. If their employees, like a, an officer or maybe some other city employee, violate someone's rights. And that person sues that that government official, and then the city has to pay out a lot of money. I think cities actually have insurance for that sort of thing, and this is actually the kind of insurance probably that that would actually be more appropriate to outlaw because it's insurance for bad behavior. Whereas I think what you're providing yeah. is actually insurance for legal counsel and, and for legal expenses, but not necessarily insurance for being punished. But, but, is that right. is that fair to say? But there are no, that's actually that's very fair to say. And what they what, what we cover is not um, negligence or, you know, abusive use of a firearm. I mean, you can't just go and shoot somebody and then expect <laughs> to be defended. I mean, it, it's for self-defense. There's a reason it's called self-defense fund. And um, the, if you don't face criminal, a lot of the problems we every day on our Facebook page, we share a story about someone who was arrested or had to use a gun in self-defense and the police are contemplating arresting an individual because they're not sure if it's self-defense or not. 
And it, this happens every single day in this country. You, you don't hear about that because the left doesn't want you to hear about that. And you've got to be protected. And the great thing about self-defense funds, they protect you from the moment you get arrested from the bail all the way up to the Supreme Court if necessary, if that's where your case goes. Um, so there literally is for twelve fifty a month uh, in our case, and there's others out there as well, but in our case, you've got comprehensive coverage that you, you can't beat. And again, it's not insurance. It's just it's a membership part for being a member of the association, um, but it, it protects gun owners specifically. So you guys are not bailing out of New Jersey then, or do you know? Have you all made no, a decision we're not, on we're that? we're not going anywhere. Yeah, not going this doesn't anywhere, affect okay. us because we are not insurance. Well, see, USCCA says the same thing, that they're not insurance, but they have bailed from uh, New Jersey. They're saying, look, you know, we're, we're trying to fight this and we're dealing with it. But until then, our our people in New Jersey who are using us, uh, they're not going to be able to use us because they're yeah. trying to get it defined. I, what, what concerns you most about this governor's uh, executive order? Because he says the improper use of a firearm. H- have you seen anywhere where he has defined what – how they're going to determine to find an, a, 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 quote, concealed carry insurance company, a uh, million dollars. What what what, subst- what substantiates the, the declaration of improper use of a firearm? Is he? Well, to a uh, leftist uh, governor like uh, Murphy, the improper use of a firearm is the process of actually owning one. Yeah, exactly. So in other words, if someone's trying to murder you, and you don't give the the police an opportunity to draw chalk lines around you. It was an improper use of a firearm. In other words, you have yeah. a duty to allow to to be shot dead. <laughs> there are insurance well, and, companies that do. There are insurance companies in New Jersey, and there are insurance companies in other places that do offer insurance for people that have concealed weapons license. So, and he is connecting with the state's information uh, the people that offer this insurance which is not the insurance not the people that you represent but the people that offer this insurance that are insuring people that have concealed wet license they're going to prevent them from marketing from what i read i've read two articles on it they're going to prevent them from marketing from selling it in in the state so i think the fee that he put on there probably was to scare off the people that offer counseling Mm -hmm. that are not insurance companies so he's a real smart left-wing Democrat that is putting something in place for people that sell out and out insurance and probably something discourage people that that have membership benefits. Well, there's a lot of danger in what the governor is doing for several reasons. There's some constitutional issues, uh, specifically the separation of powers. You've got a governor who's making a unilateral executive order that's supposed to apply to everyone without legislative backing. Um, And, you know, if this gets passed, uh, other states like California, Illinois, New York will probably start following suit, and this will spread like a cancer. And what this is, is this is an attack on the NRA because the NRA provided that insurance. Uh, People weren't happy about it. Uh, People hate the NRA. Anything they touch, it doesn't matter, even if they're trying to protect people who protect themselves and their families. I mean, it's almost as if the left is buying up stock in cemeteries because they just want to fill them in New Jersey. Kevin, let me jump in and ask, can you stay with us for about... It's CJ. Or CJ, can you stay for another 10 minutes? Yes, sir. All right, you hold on. We're going to news.
All right, back with you in the studio. Jan, I'm going to let you pick it up okay. over here with uh, CJ. CJ Grisham uh, with Self-Defense Fund. CJ, we're, we're kind of running out of time here, so I wanted you to be able to tell people if they're interested in getting uh, a membership with Self-Defense Fund so that they will have carry their firearm with more ease, knowing that they're going to have an attorney to represent them should they get into a situation. How do they find out more about your organization? Yeah, just go to Self Defense Fund. That's F U N D. Uh, selfdefensefund.com, and you can sign up there. It's twelve fifty a month. If you want to add on a family member, it's an extra five dollars per family member. So you and your wife, seventeen fifty a month, or one hundred fifty a year uh, for yourself, um, and that's how you do it. And and what it is, it's it's the National Association for Legal Gun Defense. Self-defense fund is just the fund that's used to defend our members. Okay. So it's uh, it's kind of a misnomer, but that you're you're actually joining the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and protected by the self-defense fund, and um, that's the the perk and the, uh, the that's why we don't have to worry about insurance laws in 50 different states. That's how we can cover uh, our members are covered in every every state, all 50 states and U.S. territories, and by the way, tribal lands. So mm. it's very diverse. Oh, wow. So for $12.50 a month, no matter where I travel in the United States. Uh, or it's I've territories. Got, you I've go got to Guam your, or, and you're covered. <laughs> I'm going to be protected, right? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Puerto Rico, Guam, anywhere. Sounds like a yeah. good deal. Well, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing uh, some very insightful information on this story. Thank all you, right. Jen. And right. thank talk, you all for having me. Definitely. Talk to you later, CJ. Let's go and talk to Chief Jones, another person with Self Defense Fund. How you doing, Chief? Fine. How you doing? Yeah, this is definitely a Texan. He sounds like a Texan. <laughs> Do they call you it. Chief because you're actually a chief? I mean, are you with the law well, enforcement? Well, I retired multiple times as a chief of police and then a chief deputy constable. All right. All right. So where you live in Texas, Chief? Well. <clears throat> I have property in Texas, but right now I'm in Alabama. Okay. I'm in lower Alabama, L.A. He even right. says Alabama like folks now. He's on Alabama. Yeah. Bama. We're, Bama. Talking, we're talking a multiple syllabic In word. Arkansas, we say Bama. <laughs> but in, if you live in Alabama, you Alab- say Bama. Yeah. Alabama. Yes. So go. I'm headed to your state in February, by the way. I don't know if you're a member of Bama Carey, but they are the most powerful lobbying organization for gun rights in the state of Alabama. And I'm speaking at their legislative kickoff conference, and I hope you'll come. Oh, yes. Uh, I'll probably talk to our national director, Larry, and see uh, about him sending me. I go. I am a card-carrying member of Bama Carey and Good. Open Carey, Texas. There nice. you go. Very good. You got it all well, covered. You're one We're up on me. You. I'm not a member of Open Carry Texas. Okay, so tell us what what is your take on this whole thing that's happening in New Jersey, and what are the implications of that for the rest of us? Well, I think they're the second state, maybe third, that's taken action against uh, gun owner insurance, as they like to call it. But see, we're a member fund. And the Supreme Court's already ruled in the past that people can associate with anybody they want to. They can have any association they want to, and they can help their members. So this is not insurance. You know, just like you have an accident in a car, you file Mm -hmm. an insurance claim. They can approve it or deny it. That ain't the same with us. Okay. Uh, We protect our members. And, in fact, I think I was the assistant chief of police, and a man was in a self-defense case. But when I first arrived there, the the ambulance was there, and the woman had holes in her head from a hammer. 
he had hit her in the head with a hammer. Well, I didn't know what the situation was when I first got there. I said, hey, um, can you tell me what's going on? He said, yeah, I had to hit her in the head with a hammer. Okay, so the first thing I got to do is tell him, well, you're under arrest uh, for attempted murder at this point because she was critical condition. And then as we get to talk, and then he tells me she was throwing some pots and pans at him, and he hit her in the head with the hammer. So it was, you know, a, a self-defense, um, and that's the only way he thought he could stop it. But the woman didn't want to file no charges. She lived, but the state took it up, and the man went to prison. Mm. Okay? Wow. If he had had self-defense fund on the front of the card, it tells you, you know, your emergency number to call, don't talk to police. If he had been a member, which this didn't exist then, thank God it does now, then he would have handed me the card, and on the back there's a notice to law enforcement. You know, this is our member, attorney protected. You are not to talk to them until we're present or works that effect. I can't. I don't have it right in front of me. But you can hand that to a police officer, and so you're advising them you're protected by an attorney, and you will not be cooperating and providing evidence against yourself or whatever. So you just go to jail if they take you, you call the number, and then we send a bondsman to get you out up to $1 million, and then the attorney meets with you, and the attorney then talks to the state's attorney or DA, depending on the state you're in, and then they talk to them about how it's self-defense, and it's a, a no-go, and we're usually able to get it nolly prost. We so, had a man a while back in North Alabama that just shot at a dog, and he had told his neighbor repeatedly, if that dog attacks me or my dog, I'm going to shoot it. Well, he didn't actually hit the dog. It hit the ground. The police wrote him basically a notice to appear in court for discharging a firearm in the city limits. He explained it was self-defense and that that overrules everything, but the police didn't want to go that way. So uh, Champ Cochran, our attorney in Alabama, he went and defended him, and he's a free man. See, that would have been a gun charge on his record, so they would have considered him a violent man. Mm-hmm. That would have been so a costly go, battle, too. We, yeah, we go through things like this all the time. Chief, can so I I've ask you a question? I've had to arrest numerous people, other officers have, in self-defense cases because of what they call a raised justice statement, something they say when you first arrive. Mm-hmm. Or you're not asking criminal questions, but you're saying what happened, and they implicate themselves by talking to the police. Since you brought that up and since you have this background in law enforcement, we were just talking about this during a break. I watched a YouTube video the other night with a lawyer and another one with someone in law enforcement. And they said, no matter what, you you know, when you're in a situation with police, your your response is when they ask you anything, I don't answer questions. Uh, and and, you know, there are people out there that think, well, I didn't do anything wrong. So why should I not? Why should I worry? Why should I not cooperate? But 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 you're saying and what I keep hearing from from other people in law enforcement is you should not talk to police, even if you are in the right. You should not talk to police regardless. You just say, I am, you know, here's my card. Uh, I'll cooperate fully later. But right now, I just want to talk to my lawyer. Right. Well, put it put it this way. I have stopped and arrested attorneys in the past because they thought, Hey, I've been to law school. I know how to deal with this cop. And they wound up going to jail. Uh-oh. I've stopped other attorneys, and they'll say, listen, I'm an attorney, and I'm going to exercise my right, my Fifth Amendment right, not to talk to you. If you want to arrest me, you think I've done something wrong, then you do it. And I want to see my lawyer. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And and guess what? Ninety nine percent of the time, if they don't so called cooperate, which is a word for building evidence against themselves, then they were not arrested because without them saying certain things, there's no way to connect it. Well, you know, as a law enforcement person, your job is to get as much information as possible as quickly as you can before people leave the scene. Is that not correct? Yes. You know, we were taught to ID people no matter what. 3802 in Texas says you can't do that until they're lawfully arrested. So if an officer asks me for my ID, I don't have to give him my ID. That's correct in Texas, but the police are mistaught. It's just failing to obey the orders of an officer, which is unlawful. 3802 says so. And so we've been educating police on that for the last several years. And they really get upset and get ego damaged and try and find something to arrest you on. I'll tell and you. And that's fishing, and that's violation of color of law. I'll, I'll tell you, Chief, if a, if a police officer ever asks me, can I search your car, I'm going to say no. Right. Well, then their, their usual go-to is, well, we're going to have a canine come go around their car. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Well, well here's t- t- the deal. Unless you're in a big department, it's probably going to take an hour or more to get there. The Supreme Court, the cases we heard, said 45 minutes is the max. You should be able to keep somebody on the side of the road. And then they changed it at one point in time that said the amount of time it takes you to do a once and warrants check and to issue a citation is all the time they got to get there. Once they sign the ticket, that's the end of it. So if the K-9 pulls in, you can't say, hold up, wait a minute, K-9's here. And how, no, how is a once, K-9? Once the business is done, they get to go. How is a K-9 not a search? They, I mean, how, yeah, how is a K-9? They have to stay. I mean, how is a K-9 not a violation of the Fourth Amendment? If I have to hang out and let a, let a dog come along and sniff around on my on my person or my vehicle, how is that not an unconstitutional search if they don't have probable cause? Well, the way that the way that the the law's been translated to me by judges and attorneys, and I know a lot of them personally, and I've gone to a lot of private parties, and these are things that I hear uh, mouth to ear. They say, "Well, here's the thing: just like at nighttime, a policeman shining a flashlight into a car looking around is not a violation." because it doesn't give him any greater right than if the sun was out. Mm -hmm. So he works with his conditions. If an animal is outside of the car, not inside, but outside of the car, and it picks up and it alerts on a scent, then that gives you probable cause to search. Okay, but these dogs give a lot more false alerts, and some police officers are unscrupulous, and they have a, a way of getting that dog to alert, when it's not real, if they really want to get in there. Well, I understand that, that <laughs> a lot of our currency, our, our, our $20, 30, $20 bills, $100 bills, have, have actual drugs on them. And so I think that if I understand it, it's well known that that is a fact. And so if I have cash in my pocket, there's a decent chance that dog's liable to alert on the cash even though I don't have any drugs on That's me. That's why I only have my debit card. So, so, so why, is it, why, is it not going, why, why is it not reasonable to assume, you know, a, a dog alerting on someone is just not reasonable for anything because think of everything. The, the fact is that, that yeah. so many of us are carrying around trace amounts of drugs because we carry a little bit, a little bit of cash with us. You're absolutely correct. 
we had a guy come in from the DEA in Florida to one of our training classes, and he said, anybody here got cash? Yeah. So they said, well, keep an eye on it because we got cops in the room making a joke. said, well, lay your cash down here, lay your cash down here, and so forth. He says, now, he said, I brought a test kit, and we're going to put a drop on each of these and see which ones turn blue. All of them turn blue. He said, that's because there's trace amounts on there. It's a faint blue because it's, it's such a little amount, but a dog can detect that. So if people have cash and the, and the dog alerts on them, but not their vehicle, then you can search them, but not their vehicle. If it's in the vehicle and that's all you find, you still had a good faith effort. But yeah, money has, has a cocaine, methamphetamines, other things on it, I, I dare say if you even went to a bank and you got $101 bills, most, if not all of them, will have some trace amount of cocaine on them. That's fact. Right, so, hey, so, hey, hey, Chief, quick question for you. i got to get a break in. Can you stick with us for a few more minutes? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'd oh, like yeah. you to do that. And then we want to set you up for next Tuesday and let our sure. listeners call in and talk to you. How would you like to do that from all over the United States? That sounds fun. Fantastic. All right. You hold on, and we'll be back with you. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with the uh, with Chief from Texas. If he's from Texas, he's got to be right. Don't tell him he's wrong. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Don't mess the with The Dave Texas. Ellswick Show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right. Chief Jones is still with us. I'm going to let uh, our uh, wonderful female have the last question. Are you gonna Are you gonna sue me gonna, for that? You know, you know. <laughs> I love being a woman. I, I love it. Now, Chief, here's the deal. Let's let's play Let's play a little scenario out. You're You're a police officer, and I'm a citizen. And let's say I'm in the mall, and the mall has little signs, but they're not properly placed, and so they have their little guns prohibited signs. And I'm in the mall, and I'm shopping, and I'm carrying a gun, but I'm carrying concealed. And someone comes up to you as an officer and says, "Sir, I think that that woman has a gun, and I, I think that she's dangerous." And blah blah. So you're going to approach me. Uh, and you say, ma'am, may I see some ID? If I don't provide you with ID, if I say I don't, I don't, I don't have any ID, and you say, well, someone has complained that you're carrying a gun. Do you mind me searching your purse? And I say, well, sir, do you have a search warrant? And obviously you're not going to have a search warrant. So then if I say, if you say, well, I can get one if there's a problem with me searching your purse. And then if I say, well, sir, actually, are you arresting me? Because if you're not arresting me, are you detaining me? Because I, I have somewhere I need to go. Then what do you well, say? I mean, you can't detain me. And, if you're a seasoned and skilled officer and you really think there might be a problem, you can do a Terry frisk, Terry versus Ohio. So while I'm talking to you, I have a right to frisk you. I can't look for drugs and all the other stuff, but to see if I if if I can readily identify a knife or a gun on you, and I can disarm you during our conversation for my own safety. Mm-hmm. Then if you got the gun, then I'm going to say, do you have a concealed weapon permit? Mm-hmm. And if you say yes, then the law in Texas says you got to give that in your ID, and that's how I get it. If I do a Terry frisk on you and I don't find a weapon, then I say, well, that's that's the end. That's the end of it. You know, somebody made this false claim, 
So and I'm going to have the name and information on the person, and I'm going to get them for filing a false statement. But here's the deal. If, if, if right off the top, if I say, sir, are you arresting me? Because if you aren't arresting me, am I being detained? Because I need to, I'm supposed to be somewhere in about 10 minutes. I need to leave. Can you legally right. hold me there? Yes. You can? Yes. Based for, on for what? Terry Frisk. For a Terry Frisk. It has to be momentarily. But if you can't feel my gun in my purse, because yeah, I'm carrying again, a stiff purse. Momentarily. Momentarily. Okay. So, but but yeah, here's the so, bottom line: it's not against the law to carry a gun in a place that has a sign on the front that says "firearms prohibited" if it's a privately owned business. It's only against that that business owner's policy. So, at the most, even if you find a gun on me, the most that you can do is say, "Ma'am, we're going to have to ask you to leave." And then, if I refuse to leave, you can arrest me for criminal trespass. Is that not correct? Right, but I can't just automatically ask you to leave the the person that is the owner, manager, their designee to. has to say, Chief, uh, they're violating our policy and I want them to leave. Mm-hmm. Then I can say leave. I can't just do it on my own. I don't have unbridled authority mm-hmm. to just say you leave. So what's the best you know? way, for, for real quickly, because we're running out of time, what is the best way for a concealed carry citizen to get out of a business that has a firearms prohibited sign on the door and they approach an officer and somebody says this person might have a gun? What is the quickest and easiest way for me as the gun owner to just get out from under the officer and go do what I need to do other than just running? <laughs> well, I mean, any time a police officer approaches you uh, for a law enforcement mission or a law enforcement task, they do have the right in Terry versus Ohio to frisk you. And they can make what's called a cursory exam of your purse or your or your uh, do bag, something that you might have it in. That don't mean I can rummage through your purse, but if I can open it, shake it around to see a gun, okay. If not, okay. So this should take all of one minute or less. But if I say, but sir, this, with all due respect, this ain't Ohio. This is Arkansas, and I don't have to have know, a permit. But, it, but it's, under, it's under the Supreme Court. Yes, the Supreme I got Court it. World, it? I so it's, it's a federal case. And, okay. Chief Jones, we want to thank you for the time. Jan's going to be in touch with you. We'd like to get you set up for next uh, Tuesday at 4 o'clock Central. Have you on and let our folks call in and ask your questions. How's that? Oh, that, that would be good. And if you go to our website, selfdefensefund.com, and you buy a year, if you put in Jones, the promo code, you save 10%. There you Ooh, go. Right. Now we're talking. What a good deal. We appreciate you, Chief. Thanks so much. God bless y'all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Bye. All right, Chief Jones here. What fun. He was, was great. Fun. Was like that was some good sure. information. That was interesting. And so uh, let me just add a little bit to the Terry search. It's an interesting case. Read read the Terry v. Ohio case. Mm-hmm. And and so I, to give a little bit of background, in that case, an officer had been watching a couple of guys that looked like thugs. They looked like they were literally casing, I think it was a jewelry store. He watched them for like two or three hours, I think. And so he had pretty good reason to believe that they were up to no good. And so that was the case that this Terry um, search idea came from. And so he actually had somewhat solid evidence that, that they were criminals. But see, in Arkansas, a, we have the Taft case, and the Taft case says that you can't if you stop and someone, a, that is already a seizure. Right. So that's the, the, the thing, the thing you have is, to have probable the, cause. The thing is, in the Terry cases, he actually had, had some level of evidence to believe that the guy was actually about to commit a crime. It wasn't the fact that he was just armed. 
It's not good enough. So, right. right. It has to be there, there, you, crime. there should not. Let me say one thing. There should not be fifty insurance commissioners in the United States of Arkansas that makes <laughs> the <somewhere>. decision <laughs> of who can sell insurance in that state and who cannot sell insurance in that state. That is a, a mafia control that comes with billions of dollars worth of power and that was put in by the democrats and donald trump needs to have insurance sold across state lines and they did tear down the barriers and tear down the cronyism for insurance in the united states rg free market insurance wayne paul jan jan we're out of time yes sir all right remember to keep Coming back to Facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick Show between 2 and 6 Central. I'm always here Monday to Friday. Jan is here on Tuesdays. You can also get on her Facebook page, and it is called? Jan Morgan, verified page, blue check mark by the name. <laughs> You'll check it out. All right, the Bible guys are next. Stick around on uh, Facebook. You'll learn something. Coming up in just a moment. some fun today and him and i had the whole crew doing that oh did you really in the last uh, couple hours everybody <laughs> on the power panel was was uh, on the ellswick was lifting their hands well we we could do that we weren't time. crazy no uh, let me no, let no, me no, i just, wasn't it was crazy a, it was a, like a shocked look yeah in a way. yeah <laughs> you know, kind of thing that we were doing bible guys are here uh billy miller is not here he is under the weather in fact he's in the hospital mm. And uh, we won't get into the specifics, but we would like you to take a moment to pray for his healing. Yes. Because I still believe that God's in the healing business. Amen. 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 He, he didn't stop doing this stuff just because the New Testament, uh, you know, disciples died off or something. Right. And the healing went away. That's not true. No. You know. Well, I told Billy we would give him a shout out. So uh, this is your shout out, Billy, if you're listening. Hey, Billy, what's happening, brother? Don't don't get up. Turn it Just... up. <laughs> Turn it up in the ICU. Let everybody listen. That's right. What you want to do? But yeah, pray for Billy Miller. He could use your prayers, and 
looks like maybe there's some health things that as we go down, uh, you know, the months ahead of us that he's going to be facing. All right, we had a lot of questions last week, guys. I mean, we did four hours, and I've had nothing but fantastic results from that. Mm-hmm. People love that four-hour show. Excellent. I've they heard, really enjoyed I've it. I've heard really great stuff about it. A lot of people commenting about the, how much they enjoyed uh, Rabbi Re- uh, Brian. Yeah, Jane Ro- he was good. Jane Rosenberg. Yeah. Yep. He was good. He yeah. was very, very yeah, good. I, I talked to him uh, afterwards for a little while. Now, he if you, really if you like listening to people who are Jews, but they... They've come to the understanding that Jesus is the Messiah. Mm. Doesn't make them a Christian, by That's the right. way. Don't tell them they're now a Christian. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or right? that they've they're converted. Still, they're mm. now a, they're still a Jew. Yeah. They just they they just get the truth. Okay. <laughs> With that in mind, in a couple of weeks at Agape, you got somebody important coming there. That's right. We have uh, Dr. Michael Brown. Uh, that's going to be on November third at uh, ten o'clock. And then we'll be having also an evening service that'll be starting at six. Um, uh, Dr. Brown is a um, he's a, a Jewish believer in the Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua, and uh, he's a brilliant man. He speaks, um, I say speaks. He knows twelve uh, Semitic languages, um, and it's just incredible. Of course, I have Hebrew, trouble with English, <laughs> right? Of course, Hebrew being uh, the, the the dominant one, but he is an apologist for the faith. Um, he's a man who fully engages in the in in the culture. Uh, not only in, in very natural terms, but also in uh, spiritual area, we're de- dealing with um, all sorts of activism. He debates uh, uh, both Christian and uh, Jewish uh, leaders. I mean, he's he's a brilliant man. He yep. really is. He's written what thirty five, yeah, thirty some books. books. And he did, yeah, not only does he make a is an apologist for the faith, but he will he debates non believing rabbis. He debates. Um, People from the LGBT community, yeah. right? He'll debate people who have just different views within the community, um, social issues, moral issues. He debates everything. And you said he's got a YouTube channel. Uh, he does. Yes, he does. And also, he has a um, he has a daily radio program called the Line of Fire. Yeah. Um, it's syndicated around the country. I don't know if we have it here though. I've never heard him on the radio here. Yeah, no, I've never heard him on the radio. i got to find out about that. Yeah. We yeah. should have him on 99.5. It's called The Line of Fire. Line yeah. of Fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fire as in a show. firing squad or a line of fire as <laughs> I think in it means light he, it on fire? I think it means he is in the line of fire because oh, people okay. call in and ask him questions cool. and challenge him and things Kinda like, like that. Kind of like you guys do. Kind of yeah. like us, yeah. Yeah, they, you guys I think do he's that a too. step above us, though, we, when it comes to say What we should do is if he was going to be in town... We can have him on. Have, yeah. have him come sit in with us. Man, yeah. if he was going to be here early, that'd been great. Yeah. We would have had him on the air. That'd been fun. Uh, he's great. He really is. You 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 won't be disappointed if you come to. Yeah. Agape I'm Church, coming. Seven or one. I've Napa circled Drive. it on my Matter calendar. Fact, I had a guy that I worked I will with. I will be there. Asked me if I heard his name or not. I said, yeah, I'm very familiar. And he I'm said, sorry, I just, what was that? A guy I work with oh. asked me if I knew if I'd heard of him. And I said, yeah, I'm very familiar. And he goes, man, that guy is sharp. Mm. And I said, yeah, he's uh, he's really sharp. So I encourage a lot of people to listen to stuff because he's a very balanced approach. In well, a you lot listen of different to things. him a lot, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I okay. do. Just like I said, On because YouTube? He, um, I, this, I, his podcast, I, I just listen to his podcast just because I'm never still. So I'm always doing or going. So I'll just throw the earbuds in and, and listen because he hits such a wide range of topics. And again, I can't help but make the point how balanced he is on things. That That's why I listen to him. Yeah. 
It's going to happen on the 3rd. On the 3rd of November at 10 o'clock. You want to be there for that. That's right. 701 Napa Valley Drive here in Little Rock. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going. I I typically would be at New Life there in Cabot. But on this day, that's a special speaker. It is. It'd be just like if Francis Schaefer was still alive and he came over to your church. I would be there to yeah. hear Francis Schaefer speak. And if he was at your church, I would probably have one of my associates speak, and I would go to your church. <laughs> you want to hear, sit at the feet of Francis, Francis Schaefer. Schaefer. Wow. I've been great. All right, let's get started. There was a question that was asked last week, and I didn't get to it because I knew it might take time uh, to answer it. And uh, I came across it as we moved into the last hour. So right now, let's get to it. Someone text us or emailed us asking about if you commit suicide do you go to hell because there's there's members of the faith that believe that there's mm-hmm. other members who don't there's others that are right in the middle so let me turn it over to you right and that's one of those things that we put in the we don't know category and we have to take um that answer uh and we have to take those events um and like a lot of things that need to be looked at from from different angles and with great sensitivity um, because nobody knows the condition, the environment that a person have found themselves in that they would think that that's their only way out, especially, you know, someone who um, believes in God, believes in Christ. And if someone who believes that and yet they still feel, then you cannot even comprehend what's going on. And so what we don't know is. Are we dealing with somebody who is dealing with a psychological issue because maybe they were abused or some other some other event that just um, caused them a lack of hope? Um, is it a spiritual issue uh, that drove them to this place, or is it a chemical issue? And we ha- we have to find out which, and we don't know. If one thing that I would say with a little emphaticism, and that is, if somebody committed a crime, committed such a sin, and they were trying to find a way out and trying to say, God, forgive me. I, I don't think there's forgiveness for a person who's trying to escape um, the consequences of their sin or their action. In other uh, words, you committed murder. Right. You know that the law is closing in. Right. And you take your own life to not have to spend the rest of your life in prison. Correct. That, that's, an, that's not someone who's remorseful. That's someone who's just trying to get out of the situation. But again, the other stuff we really just don't know. And just like somebody who, because there could be some, some psychological issues that need to be dealt with either through counseling and or medication, because I think that um, just as a person can be born crippled in a wheelchair, someone could be born with um, particular imbalance or something that may need some medication. I don't think that's the end all be all. I'm, I'm a person who believes that there, you know, through counseling and other things, people can change, but in some cases they're not. I'm not a clinical psychologist nor a doctor or psychiatric nurse, so I can't say that clearly. But from those who I talk to who are that, um, they know how to identify people that find themselves in that situation and whether or not it's a chemical, psychological. And I think that we have to look at all of those that way. I think that's just the only way we can approach someone who commits suicide because we don't know the background. And outside of it, trying to escape their actions, um, we just don't know the answer to that one. Yeah, and I would just um, be, now the Bible does have suicide in it. People, we do see that, in particular in, in the life of Judas, where he uh, commits suicide. Um, but the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what happens to these people afterwards. So we are the only thing we're left with is what we know the Scripture says, and we know the Scripture says that if you if you accept Jesus Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior, you believe He died on the cross 
for your sins. Uh, you believe God raised him from the dead. You confess him as Lord of your life. You make him the Lord of your life. You live your life for him. Then you are saved. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't sin. Uh, we don't fall short. But is our salvation so um, fragile that we can fall in and out of it just because we do something wrong? I don't think so. I think it's built to to withstand human frailty. So, uh, and because we believe that really, that you know, if sin is a you know transgression of God's law, um, we don't see anywhere where sin disqualifies us for salvation once we've received the Lord. So, uh, is it wrong to commit murder? Yes, and that's what this is. It's self murder, but it's murder nonetheless. But does murder in and of itself disqualify you for salvation? Can it pull you out of the kingdom if you did? commit murder. We don't have any record that committing sin will will stop that. So I would say if someone is born again and they commit murder, the only thing in the scripture we can see is if they've accepted Jesus, they go to heaven um, because we don't see anybody being pulled out of it because they commit a sin. So I would have to say that um, if you have a loved one who uh, or someone you know that, that was a believer, a follower in the Lord, and they did this uh, then you should rest in the comfort knowing that if they had Jesus as the Lord of their life, that they are with him now, even though you may not understand what they did or why they did it. They could have been had a moment, a small moment of insanity, which did not take away their salvation. So um, I would say be comforted knowing that that person is is in heaven. All right. I, I would tell someone that, yeah. It's 18 minutes after 5. We've got more questions when we come back with the Bible guys. Scott and Steve are here. Again, remember, prayers for Billy Miller. He's in the hospital right now. Pray for his health. Uh, When we come back, social justice is on the docket on the Bible Guys on the Dave Ellswick Show. (laughs) 21 minutes after 5, if you're on your way home, lucky you. I'll be (laughs) out uh, here in about another 40 minutes. All right. Uh, Bible guys, thank you for answering my questions on your four-hour show last week. It was fabulous. I've got a follow-up question to the one I submitted last week about social justice. You guys were not in favor of social justice, so is it that you're not in favor of it as defined in today's world or not in favor at all? Well, let, let me stop there just to say this. I never heard the term social justice until just in the last few recent years. I don't know of any social justice that occurred before, unless you want to talk about the war against slavery uh, that happened here in this country uh, by the abolitionists and things of that nature. You said God's justice is the only one that matters, but surely there are other forms of justice that you would find acceptable, right? If so, what would those Okay, um, I'll I'll jump in, then I'll hand off to uh, Steve. Um, just revisiting that phrase, I would I would agree with Dave. The phrase "social justice" is is a new invention. It's recent, yeah, it's very recent. So, um, the phrase itself is is made up, um, and the definition that it has, quite honestly, um, varies from country to country. I mean, grass has the same definition everywhere you go. Sky has the same definition. Car has the same definition. Social justice varies based upon whatever country you go into. So it's a moving target. Um, And because it's a moving target, it's completely arbitrary. 
you talk to one ethnic group and they have one idea of social justice. You go to someone in a different part of the country, they have a completely different one. So it's 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 a moving target. I think it's completely arbitrary. I don't think there's any way that you can say, I believe in social justice and have any foundation to stand on because it's just, it's um, it's sinking sand. There is no way to define it uh, definitively. So I would say, as defined in this modern world, no, I have no confidence in anybody's definition of what social justice no, would be. No, and if anybody tried to say something like biblical social justice, it would just be trying to snap, slap the Bible name on the front of it. Mm-hmm. Because if you look it up, it's talking about basically socialism. It's basically redistributing and mm-hmm. saying basically the poor are being ripped off by the wealthy or the haves are ripping off the have-nots, however you want to label that. And the reason it sounds new and, and cool and hip is because social by itself tagged with justice, justice is a great word. But then then we have to run down the rabbit hole of, well, who is, who's being ripped off? And then they just they tack different names or different categories of people, different races of people um, different uh, financial categories of people, whatever it is that you wanted it to be, it'll be. But as far as biblically, um, it's our job to take care of those who are truly, I mean truly, and I don't mean American downtrodden, you know, when our poor um, have $800 cell phones to check their their uh, food balances on poor. the card. They're not poor. Yeah. They're not poor according to biblical standards. Um, Even to the common world standard, I mean, most Right. Some so some countries have what people make four dollars a day or something like right. that. Less, less than that. Right. But it's there somebody will try and do and say that Jesus was a social justice warrior, those kind of things, because he cared about the poor. Caring about the poor is one thing. Ripping people off to quote unquote take care of the poor is not a biblical mantra just because you says you put Jesus' name or you put the Bible in front of it. So social justice is basically a way of doing what they did with abortion. They used to be uh, pro-life, then they went to anti-choice, uh, then we moved from that it's um, they're anti-abortion, now they're just anti-choice, now it's women's health care, they, they just changed the names to where yeah, they semantics. Do right? Yeah. to try and make it less appealing or more appealing. Yeah. Alright, here's the definition from the Oxford Dictionary okay. of Social Justice. Justice, a noun, alright? It's a noun. Justice in terms of the distribution of wealth, <laughs> Okay. Opportunities and privileges within a society. And, quote, individuality gives way to the struggle for social justice, unquote. Mm-hmm. Just a fancy word for the socialism. That's yeah. right. Yep. That's what it is. If you really want to know what a, what what it looks like for, for, for biblical justice, and this is what this, is, this show is about, we're the Bible guys. So um, the only justice that's really true justice is going to be God's justice. And most people don't agree with uh, with what God would consider justice, but that's your problem. Um, it's not the Bible's problem. It's not our our problem. It's your job to get in line with what God said. If you if you say you're a believer, a Christian, um, or if you're Jewish, you need to get in line with what uh, the the Word of God has to say because that is the only place true justice exists. The Bible tells that God is a God of justice. He is a righteous uh, judge. Um, and let me just go ahead and say this. Quite honestly, only only 18% of the church world tithes. In other words, only 18% of the church world gives a tenth of their income as prescribed by Scripture. If the church world, if everybody did what the Bible said, we wouldn't have to worry mm-hmm. about taking care of the widows and the orphans 
and the needy and the hungry and the destitute. That would there would be enough for the church to do that. But That's what's right. happened is, I think it was Woodrow Wilson who said, related to income tax, the income tax should never rise above 9.9% of a person's income because only God is worthy of 10%. And so what happened is the churches used to do the job they were supposed to do, and that's taking care of the social mm-hmm. or the society. But when government decided they were going to flex their muscle and start taxing people 25 30 35 40% of their income, all of a sudden people said, well, we can't give our tithe to the church anymore because the government's taking it all. Mm-hmm. So the government co-opted the church's responsibility. Now it's a church. The government responsibility to take care of the poor when really it should be the church but the church can't take care of the poor because the money that the people should be given to the church they're given to the government and the dog continues to chase its tail except that i don't buy their their logic because christ said give to caesar what is caesar's give to god what is god Mm -hmm. so i don't care how much caesar takes you should still give god you should still give god is ten percent absolutely i agree with that 110 percent we need to take back from the government the job that is supposed to be the church's, which is to take care of the poor, the wif- widow, and the orphan. Yeah. I had Susan McDougall on. You remember that oh, yeah. name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she was on, and she told me, because I brought this up to her about the church, mm-hmm. and that it's the church's business to take care of the poor in our country. And at one time it did. Yeah. And uh, she says, I don't trust the church to do what they're supposed to do. That's you, exactly what she said. And, and I you said, trust well, I do. Yeah, she trusted the, the government. I trust the church will do exactly what they're supposed to do mm-hmm. if they got the money to do it. Right. I give my 10% every paycheck. If you trust the government, you will believe to trust anything. Are you kidding me? Right. I know. But she, hey, look, she prays at the at the altar of the, of the state. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she's up to now, but, uh, I mean, she went... She went to prison for Bill Clinton. Yeah. Um, we got time to share a story? No, you got uh, 15 seconds. All right. You no. keep it. What's it going to be about? Uh, about dealing with somebody who sought handouts from the church that we had. When I offered them an opportunity to work for it, they denied it. And okay. It was keep it right there. Keep it right there. We can talk about that here next. All right, we're talking uh, about social justice, and from social justice, we were talking about the poor. And with that thought, we had uh, Steve wanted to talk about the poor and how the church should respond. We had a person that was coming to our church eh, once, maybe twice a month, and then they they were talking about how they were having difficult times. And then so we started trying to help them out, and— it went from every couple months to basically a monthly thing, and we had an opportunity come up. This person was um, had a license to be able to do certain type work, and the place we were renting at that time needed a person with that skill set. And so I said to this person, I said, hey, these guys need somebody that can do this. Could you kind of take care of that? And uh, they said, well, no, I just I can't do that right now. And then about two weeks later, they came and asked for some more money and we gave them some money and then the response was is that it Mm. and then to which i went to my people in the church (laughs) who were involved in the leadership and i just said this is the last time that we will ever give a handout to this individual because one they were not grateful and two they had an opportunity to earn some money and they turned it down Mm -hmm. um and so we could do if you will what in the church 
But what you will find is probably a great government program that will promise them and give them whatever they want and not work and not do. Paul said at one point, if you won't work, neither will you eat. And so giving handouts and taking care of the poor, quote unquote, social justice is something that we are to do. But you're also supposed to hold people accountable. If people don't like accountability, that's why if something else happens in the church, whether it be something like this, they get offended and go down the street. Most people don't like accountability. As a matter of fact, within um, within um, within Judaism, if you, I'm not sure if it is if it's modern days. I know I know it was um, in ancient times, but if you were um, an itinerant uh, rabbi, a teacher, and you were going to spend longer than three days at someone's house, you had to actually start doing household chores. You weren't allowed to stay there any longer than, than than starting to put your back to helping the household move forward because you were obviously feeding off the household. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a pretty cool story you told, Dave, about that church with the, the sickle. Yeah, that was uh, Lackland Baptist Church. James Carey was the preacher there. I I haven't been in touch with James for quite a few years. I know he's still around. He went and, and uh, became preacher at Seguin, Texas, for a while. But what they did is somebody would come in, and they had a food closet. They, they had uh, uh, cards that you could take to one of the local uh, – service stations and and get gas and things of that nature. But uh, James came up with the idea that they didn't give anything to anybody. They, they came in and they had, there was a corner there at the church, maybe a half an acre, and they just let it grow up, all weedy and everything. And if somebody showed up and they would ask uh, for a handout, they would say, well, here, we need some work done. And they'd give them an idiot stick, an idiot stick's like a sickle, and ask them to go cut the weeds down on that little corner. And uh, I know this for a fact. There was many, many times they'd hand that out to people, and as they were walking over there, they just dropped it, kept on walking. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They they weren't. They were looking for a free handout. They mm-hmm. weren't looking for help. They were looking for a handout. And when someone did start cutting the grass, they weren't expecting them to cut the whole field. No, they just no, to see they, they, were they let them go for about five, eight minutes, something like that. And James would walk out and say, "Come on in, let me let us see what we can do for <laughs> you." You'll appreciate this one. This this is classic Steve. So I was at a a, a particular home improvement store, and I was going there on a regular basis because I was remodeling, and I kept getting bombarded with people in the parking lot looking for, "Hey, can you get me? Can you help me out? I got oh, this." I a lot this. of them out there getting really aggravated by this after about the fifth or sixth time of this happening. Well, as I turned in, there was a big old banner right out in front of the store that said, "Now hiring." This yep. guy walked up to me and asked, and I said, "This is the last time." And I said, "You know, buddy, right there's a big sign out front that says they're hiring. I'm sure they'd love to have you." He just turned around and walked away. No, yeah. sure. And so they're just, you know. They're just looking for a handout. It's like, you know, I like what they've done in Cabot. The mayor put up signs that said, please don't give to the panhandlers. Uh, and I, he didn't. it's not against the law to give to them. He's just asking you not to. Because a lot of the people that you see standing on the corners, one, if you do give them money, it's, it's going right out to a, a liquor store Usually. or something to buy mm-hmm. alcohol or maybe to buy meth or whatever. And secondly, some of them, that's how they make their living. Yep. That's how they make their living. I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying. Right. Uh, I won't give. Here's what I will do. I will go to uh, uh, over to the house where they take care of the women. 
I'm trying to think of Dorcas House. Dorcas House, yeah. And or to uh Nehemiah House. Yeah. And you can buy coins. Oh. To them. And they're like uh like five, ten, twenty five dollars. And it gives them time to go there, stay there, be fed there, to be able to to bathe there and things of that nature. I'll give them that. Mm-hmm. They'll even come pick them up and take them there. But I will not put money in their hand. Mm-hmm. That's good. Just will not do that. Because it ultimately diminishes those who truly need it. Dorcas for those is great, rip, man. Ripping the system yeah. off. And, love- and, and the people do need it. But the, the church has a responsibility. But unfortunately, the government has taken them so much of the money, and the people have not that's a, that's kept their true. obligation. That's gives them an out. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And, and, hey, you think it gives you an out? I got to believe when you stand in front of the Bema seat, that's right. it ain't going to give you an that's out. Right. You know, and, just saying. And sometimes you see the you, you go into a regular shop and they'll have a little charity box there for any number of, of charities. And I used to, and I know a lot of people will put money into those things. But years ago, I, I, I started doing research on all these uh, all these charities, and I was shocked at how many of them will take a certain portion and put it toward anti-Zionist or anti-Israel uh, uh, propaganda. And I said, you know what? I'm never, again, given to something I do not know exactly where they're giving that money to. Oh, that's right. That's why you give it to your church. That's that's it. I mean, I'm just saying that. I know, mm-hmm. I know what my church is doing. By the way, uh, tomorrow, speaking about that, I'm going to do a half hour on anti-Semitism and how it's growing again. Oh, really? Yeah. What time is that going to be? 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. 3 to 3.30 tomorrow. Excellent. You won't want to miss it. Yes, sir. It's really good. All right. So are we close to the return of Jesus? I know that no one knows the day or the hour, but even Jesus doesn't. Only the Father knows. But it certainly feels like the time is approaching. Yes, he should be here in we're about looking, five minutes. We're looking at you, Steve, because <laughs> we Steve. know you get into this well, part Well, I it. do, because before I knew better, that was the first thing I studied when I got <laughs> of saved. Of course. And I also found, found before out Before you wrong. knew better. Before I, well, what I mean by that is instead of learning how to live a righteous and holy life, I dove right into the end times because it was 1996 when I got saved. The Lord was coming back in three years. Yeah. So here we are 22 years after that. It didn't quite work out that way. Uh, I am actually getting ready to work on something that's going to be very extensive from that point, and I do believe that there are a lot of signs uh, that we are seeing that sure seem um, to say that he's coming. And the biggest sign, uh, even bigger than the reestablishment of the nation of Israel, is Jerusalem. And one Mm -hmm. of the signs I point out to is when Jesus, before he entered into Jerusalem, he wept over Jerusalem, and and when he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how you stone the prophets and how he longed to gather them under Jerusalem, his wing like an eagle uh, gathers your chicks. Uh, he says, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What? And even though he said Jerusalem, Jerusalem, he's talking about the Jewish people. So that means that Jerusalem had to be back in the hands of the Jewish people. Israel had to be a nation again before uh, he could come back because the leadership has to declare that he was the Messiah. And, Never before until 1967 was that a possibility. And the things that we see going on with some of the nations, it sure seems like we are getting rapidly close. Yeah. It does. All right. I, w- I would agree. I would agree. I I'm all about this next question. Yeah. Well, this but is let me also caveat, okay. caveat this a to caveat. say, please do not grab everything. There's a lot of sensationalism in prophetic teaching right now, so be very cautious about grabbing a hold of one particular view and saying that's the truth, everything else is wrong. Yeah, and be if careful could, about selling everything. Yeah. yeah, and I can go ahead and say, add to that another caveat is uh, 
do we need to stop trying to apply everything in prophetic to our country? Correct. If if I asked you right now, what time was it? What time is it? What would all of us do? We'd either look at our watch or our phone. You look at something to know what time it is. Biblically speaking, if you say, what time is it? You don't look at your phone. You don't look at your watch. You look at Israel. Israel is the timepiece that tells you what time it is. It's not Washington, D.C. or what America's doing or how bad our school system is. It's what's happening in Israel. It's always been that way and it always will be that way. Yeah, just look at you look at those other things, see how bad it's getting here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The word of faith movement puts a lot of focus on speaking the right things, and when you hear that group teach, it's very compelling. So I was wondering what you guys make of the quote confessing quote, name it, claim it, type of teaching? Well, um, there are extremes in every single uh, movement. There are extremes in uh, Messianic movements. There are extremes in uh, Baptist movements, Pentecostal movements. There are extremes everywhere, and the Word of Faith is is not immune to that. They also have their um, extremes. Um, When it comes to do, do we believe in uh, confessing? Absolutely. You know, you're not even saved unless you confess something. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, confess Jesus as right. Lord. Because the Bible says you have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So, I mean, God could have built the plan of salvation any way he wanted to. He could have said, believe in your heart and give to the poor. Believe in your heart and do acts of righteousness. But instead, he said, I want you to believe, and then I want you to confess. I want you to say something. So, um, yes, most definitely, confession is a valid biblical thing. Think about this. Remember the lady that uh, the, the prophet said, you're going to have a child. The child died, and she went to go find the prophet to say, my child is dead. But when the prophet saw her coming, he sent his servant and said, go ask the woman these questions. Is it well with you? Is it well with the child? And she said, it is well. Excuse me, your child is dead, but she believed the word that the man of God gave, I'm going to have a child and he will live. She spoke out the promise of God as opposed to her problem. So, yeah, we believe in confession, but do we believe that you can't say words like, uh, you know, if you like, uh, um, um, be careful, because some people say in certain word of faith that's camps, full of care, that being full of care. No, it doesn't mean that. No. So, no, there are definitely uh, extremes um, in that. And uh, so uh, I believe in the middle of the road, but I certainly don't believe in these extremes. Right. I would agree because uh, I've heard Pastor Scott actually make comments about those in the 90s that would go up and confess people's ties and their cars and all this other foolishness. But there is a truth of confessing those things that are not as though they were. So there is a point to it. But, you know, I know Dr. Mosley used to make a joke about the confession people and say something like they're going to go to hell and they're going to be in hell going, uh, this ain't hell and it ain't hot. This ain't hell and it ain't hot. <laughs> so just because there's not a reality, you're trying to create an alternate reality. Yeah. But it, some, and you can, like you said, you need to be extreme. But at the same time, you don't want to say, I'm in an environment. And Egypt would be a great example. Um, God said we were here, but he also said he's going to deliver us. And one day I will be set free from this. One day I will be delivered from this. And you quote and confess the word of God, mm-hmm. the promises that you were giving but you don't go around quoting and confessing stuff from people. So there is a positive confession 
that is very clear, very easily to prove, mm-hmm. and that's where the part of the word of faith they have right. All right. When we come back, got to get a final break in. Robbie wants to ask a question, and then I have a question about Dr. Michael Heisler. Is the divine counsel polytheistic? Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, Robbie's in Maumel. Robbie, you're up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good afternoon, gentlemen, listening on iHeartRadio. Okay. Uh, I have a question on solo scriptory uh, as to where you all stand on it. Sure. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know where I stand on it. Uh, a guy had a great rebuttal to it. He said solo scriptory has led to 5,000 different denominations in America alone. So if it were only solo scriptory, there would just be one. Mm. All right. Let them talk about and, it. And I listen off air. All right. Great. So listen to, let you listen on iHeart. Go ahead. Uh, well, if it was if it was uh, sola scriptura, if that's all that it was, that there would be only uh, one. Um, the thing that's made uh, so many different denominations is not because of any problem with the phrase, uh, but it, the problem has come because people don't believe in the phrase mm-hmm. or they go against the phrase. They add tradition to men. For example, when the scripture says to uh, in the New Testament where Paul says, "I would that all men would lift up ha- holy hands unto the Lord." Then we have denominations saying, well, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Or if it says, clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with the voice of triumph, we say, well, we don't clap our hands here. So basically, if it was sola scriptura, then yeah, everybody would be doing exactly the same thing, doing things the same way. But instead, we have the tradition of man that comes in and creates these denominations. And there's actually 41,000 different Christian denominations in the world today, all because the traditions of men have been taught Actually, we we say the doctrines have, of men have been taught um, as being truth, when in fact they are nothing more than just additions to the scriptura that we're talking about. And the things that have caused all those denominations are things that are so unworthy of division. If you come back to the basics, that there is one God, um, it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his son, the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, and you follow the basic Ten Commandments, Virtually everything else is up for debate. I say virtually. There, we can have a good debate about, you know, who the Messiah ultimately was as far as his divinity and those kind of things. But the things that we're dividing over about a preexistent world or what it's going to be, who's the hundred and forty-four thousand? Is there going to be a pre-tribulation? Uh, do we believe um, in predestination or selective or whatever? Those things are so not worthy of dividing over. If we would just get and stay back to the basics as what uh, Pastor Scott was alluding to, just staying with the basics of the scriptures and not following all these other traditions and interpretations, we wouldn't have those problems. But I will also add, um, yes, the scriptures, but as we talk about a thousand times on this program, context, culture, who were they writing to, what were the linguistics, and all the other things that go around that to help us understand what that scripture was saying. All right. Last question. Right. And we'll answer part of it today. We'll pick it up again next week. What's your opinion regarding Dr. Michael Heiser? I'm still trying to understand his position on the supernatural worldview. He can sound like a polytheist when he talks about the divine counsel. Are you familiar with this, and can you help me understand? Um, I am familiar with uh, Dr. Michael Heiser's work. I have um, two or three of his uh, of his books, 
um, and um, just kind of telling you who he is. The question was, are we familiar with him? Yes, and he is a um, he is an incredible academic. Um, Dr. Heiser has uh, his um, degree in um, Hebrew uh, Bible, I think, from the University of Wisconsin. Um, if you might, if you're familiar with the Logos Bible software, are you familiar with that, Steve? Yeah. Oh, he is the one. He is the um, he is the uh, academic uh, uh, leader of that. He's the one who put all that to uh, all the uh, academic side, as far as the um, Hebrew uh, side of that together. So um, he is a, a formidable um, uh, scholar, um, without any doubt. And um, he did his doctoral dissertation, I believe, on what is known as the Divine Council. And that's found in uh, Psalms chapter 82, which actually reads, God presides in the great assembly or in the divine council. He judges among the gods. And uh, when you actually look in the Hebrew, it actually does say exactly that. It says, uses the word Elohim, referring to uh, Yahweh God in the first part of the verse. And the last part of the verse, when it says, and he judges among the gods, it uses, it says, and he judges among the Elohim. So, <coughs> excuse me. So he it uses both terms there. So the question is, is he, uh, or is this a polytheistic? And it's not. It's a little bit complicated to explain um, through. Uh, but, you know, when the Bible says things like he is the God of gods, what is that? Does that mean, is that just a throwaway phrase or does it mean something? Seems like to me there's a God with a capital G and then there's other gods with a small G. There you go. Yep. And that's kind of what he explores in his divine counsel um, um, idea that there are a lot of, he's the Lord of Lords. There's lots of Lords. He's the God of gods and there are other gods. There is no God that is Yahweh. He is the only one. He is unique in that. But we know he created lesser beings to do things for him, such as Michael and Gabriel and so forth. And the question is then what we could answer next week is, would these things be called, could these things be called gods as authorities or spiritual beings, spiritual leaders? And that's something that we can break down. As a matter of fact, even Jesus quotes at mm-hmm. one point. He quotes uh, Psalms 82 here where he says that. Um, was it from 82 I, he quotes? Yeah, it's actually in this context where he says, I said of you that you are gods. And when when Jesus was counteracting one of the things that the rabbi said in this context, but the whole context of eighty two here is dealing with the judgment, uh, and so uh, I tend to lean towards the side here that this is just the phrase King of Kings, Lord of Lords, God of Gods. That um, they are not literal gods, but those who have labeled all these other things God. He is the God of Gods, and He sits in council of yeah. all of them. Not that they're real, um, but not in the way we think of a God. Correct. Yeah. yeah, they're his footstool, are they not? If you, if, yeah, if you're going to look at, if you're going to look at Michael as a, an Elohim, mm-hmm. um, he's then, a judge. Yeah, he's a judge. Then he's someone who, who would definitely be a servant of, the Lord, the servant of of God, Big G. Because let's face it, a lot of people call a lot of different things gods. Yeah, in but history, one mm-hmm. of the things that they dealt with though in the early church was this idea of Gnosticism that made yeah. that made Yahweh one of those lesser That's, gods. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Because yeah, Christ was God in flesh form mm-hmm. and the Gnostics didn't like that flesh thing. No, right. they did not. All right. Yeah. Which would make Jesus lesser than God. Right. right. 
as far as that's concerned. As far as they were concerned. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take this up more next Tuesday, so it gives you a reason to make sure you're right here at 5.06. What time you get started on Sunday? 10 o'clock, 701 Napa Valley Drive. We're going to have a good time on Sunday. You want to be there. You have 15 seconds. When is your special guest coming again? November 3rd, both at 10 o'clock and at 6 o'clock in the evening on that Sunday. I will be there for both because I never miss somebody who can get into defending the faith. Have a nice evening. See you at 2 tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.